And welcome to another episode of Smart Home Stupid People. My name is Eris Felmuth. Hello, my name is Martin Siegel. And today we're talking about an uncomfortable topic. But I think the reason why we're talking about it is uh, not to be uncomfortable, but instead to perhaps be more aware of of uh, our interactions with reality. Because mm -hmm. we, we say this almost every episode, that uh, what we focus on really with uh, Smart Home Stupid People is reconnecting and our connections to reality. As our environment becomes more accommodating, we lose the ability to take care of ourselves. We've said that uh, many times in the past, <laughs> it's in the description of every episode and it's kind of what drives us to do this. It's that, that realization that uh, if we interact with our real environment and, and truly wish to connect with reality mm -hmm. and nature, um, then, then our lives potentially become so much greater and things become more meaningful and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. Yep. So today we're talking about abuse. Are you abused? Have you been abused? Yes, I have been. Oh, mm. that's, uh, that sucks. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, abuse comes in many forms. It was funny because I was looking at a list of uh, of what it what it would entail, like if, if you were with an abusive partner, you know, maybe like a checklist. What 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 would the the, the clinical criteria be mm -hmm. if your partner or your environment was abusive? And yeah. uh, I wrote down um, my favorite checklist pieces, or like the, the favorite checks that I have, or the sentences or questions of the questionnaires. And I kind of want to go through them because I started really thinking to myself: it's not just about the relationship you have to a person, a mm -hmm. friend, mm -hmm. a family member, so on and so forth. Um, I was talking about the idea of the egregor, I believe the last episode or the episode before that. Yeah, the last one. Yeah, and the egregor is something that is very fascinating. I'm going to do a full episode just based on the egregor in the future. And it's uh, an occult concept, so a, mystic, uh, a, a concept based in mysticism. And it it means that when a collective of people come together, their intentions form an entity. And this entity is is in and of itself its own energy, its own thing, and mm -hmm. that is called the egregor. That means that uh, a company, you know, they're 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 the way that they present themselves to the world. Even though you know they may just be installing staircases and uh, um, be interested in their bottom line, you know, mm -hmm. delivering a good product, they still portray a characteristic, mm -hmm. a, you know, and then they, and they try to get all of their, their employees, you know, through rallying the team up, uh, you know, wearing the same colors and, uh, saying the same sentences and offering the same things. It, it's, it's, or even like, you know, products today, you deal with this all the time in mm -hmm. your, um, NGO companies coming along and wanting the stamp of approval yeah. to make the world know that they're, they, they, that they're respecting the environment, yep. you know, that companies, these entities that have no souls, that have no body to incarcerate, for some reason care what we think about them. Mm -hmm. Because it really is for our, our, our attention. It's mm -hmm. what we think about them. We give them the attention. So the energy actually goes from us somewhere. Right, whether it be McDonald's and people think, "Oh, the fun-loving, happy clown," you know, what a what a what a playful character. When they think of Disney, they're like, "Oh, family fun." Mm. And and you think of Walt Disney as this old majestic man, and you think of 
the the Ronald the uh, McDonald clown. I think that's what his name is. <laughs> uh, you think you think of all these different characters that they yeah. that they've concocted up. Coca Cola, Santa Claus. Yeah. You know, um, we 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 give them this life essence, but we don't ask ourselves, you know, what uh, what what are we getting from them in return? Yes, and also if that's really real, you know, it's like that is that really what what is the core essence of that, you know company of that person mm -hmm. the, what you think or is it just like an image that has been created an illusion yep. well i know um when i was younger being in catholic school uh there definitely was an image there was a school image there was um uh, obviously it's a belief system right be, yeah. being being catholic is a belief system so the belief came with uh, an image uh, of, of what should be portrayed uh, it came with a culture and there are various various different forms of Catholic. There are very different forms of 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 every denomination and religion. Actually, just it could be the same one, but just going to a different uh, uh, church mm -hmm. or a different school will will give you that completely different flavor and twist, mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. And um, I realized at a very young age the uh, the abuse coming towards me from my family and from my 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 religious uh, upbringing. Right mm -hmm. was. Uh, was not kind in, in the sense mm -hmm. that it wasn't there. Like it was constantly told to me that it's there for your betterment. Like we're mm -hmm. doing this for you, mm -hmm. you know, as if they're serving me a service the mm -hmm. whole time. But also finding a reason for the abuse, right? So kind of explaining themselves. Perhaps, yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. You know, um, trying to tell me that uh, um, I should be a productive team player. I should be a productive member of society and all of these things. It's, it's one of these interesting questions I always posed when I was really young mm -hmm. was, um, why do I want to be a productive member of the church, <laughs> of the a, school, of society? Yes. <laughs> why? Why can't I just be? You know, yeah. um, I, I'm cool with that. I was very nomadic for a long time. I actually didn't really require <laughs> an apartment. I had lots of couches to stay on and friends mm. and so on and so forth. So for me growing up, it was actually a very difficult concept for me to to, to really grasp is mm -hmm, mm -hmm. why be productive all the time? What's with this yeah. concept of, of productive, uh, being uh, producing something? Yeah. We don't all need to produce anything. You know, we're on this, no. we're on this, this we're in this uh, I don't even know what to call it we're in this reality right and 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 we, we can soak it up we can yep. choose uh we can choose not to we can choose to it, it it's 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 really this idea that's forced into children at such a young age that you know there's something wrong with you if you're not being productive yeah making them do your to, homework right yeah putting them into little working ants you know to really mm -hmm. put them to labor and work and yeah something the hive was, mentality is the egregore i would definitely say that yeah, yeah absolutely right? controlling and you know just like having them all on the same thing and <laughs> yeah yeah interesting something i i was the last couple of weeks actually really also focusing on and, and mm -hmm. thinking about you know because the question of how much production or how how much do you have to produce in order to feel worthy and you know where does that come from mm -hmm. why can't you just be and and don't need to produce all the time and even if you you just on the couch <laughs> something that i also learned or thought about you you're still producing you're still producing something right in your body you're producing chemicals you're producing pheromones it's still mm -hmm. things are going on it's just not something that might be of use for mm -hmm. someone else well I, look at it like this um are you a good friend to mm -hmm. other people? Well, I'll try to. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying being a good friend is a very hard thing to find. Yes, true. I think it's very difficult to find good well, friends. And, and to be able to be a good friend is something... There's one. <laughs> there, yeah, it's something that, uh, that it, 
you know, requires the willingness to want to make that connection, mm. right? And I, I've always found that to be very funny. When I was younger, I had a lot of great qualities, mm -hmm. but they were shunned upon. Mm. You know, it's like you can't just go out and hang out with your friends. You mm. can't just go out and have fun. You and I'm thinking. Why? What's, yeah, what's, what's wrong the with damage that? there? Really, Absolutely, like yeah. if we're all empowering ourselves through friendship totally. and 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 enjoyment, then where's the damage? Yeah, you know, and and and, it, and like the idea of don't daydream or anything like that. So, I want to go through a couple of the points yeah, yeah, on my list. Um, as you know, to what I've discovered now is a very interesting way of looking at abuse. So the first one, this is actually probably my favorite one on the list. It says. Um, you avoid doing certain things that make your abuser angry, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, like posting on social media or hanging out with friends and family. And <laughs> look, I, I, I've had I've had that ex girlfriend, you know, the ex girlfriend that's always up in your face and business and 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 wondering where you are and what you're doing and being jealous and all that. It's awful. Mm. It, it, and then that was always a form of abuse that like I never understood how a lot of my friends get stuck into those relationships mm -hmm. like obviously they want to be good people and mm -hmm. um, even still I think a lot of people a lot of girls because uh, this is more of a feminine trait I find I, I, I don't know like from my experience um, men that keep tabs on their wives and girlfriends like as much as I've seen women always trying to keep tabs on their men. Mm. Right. That's yeah. just more of a my my experience, definitely. Like the guy always has to keep, go home to spend time with the wife or the girlfriend. <laughs> and yet I've never really heard a girl say, No, I gotta go and spend time with my, my husband, husband or my boyfriend. I don't think I've ever heard that sentence. It's true, yeah. yeah. But the other way around, I've heard it's it like a broken often. record. Right. Mm. So yeah. uh, and, and it's funny because I've met a lot of women um who are like that, that do that to other men. They're good people. Yeah, and, it, but there's the, there's a, there's a certain cycle of abuse inside of them that they haven't connected the dots to, and this is why they pro projected. I would imagine. I would. Assume. And they're driven by a very deep fear within themselves. You know, mm -hmm. the the fear of losing that person. That's why they want to control. They want to control each step and make sure that that person is still, you know, playing the game with them, and and it's still there mm -hmm. for them. So it's it has a lot to do with really just letting go, and and yep. and I think this is something that many many people have the fear of you know being left alone as they might have experienced when they mm -hmm. were a child maybe they had a you know a children's of divorce whatever or the dad yeah. was never there and that's why you also call these people into your lives you know if if you had maybe in your childhood a father who was never there for you mm -hmm. you were always afraid of you know like um yeah, that, that person leaving. And so you still have that energy within you. And guess what? You will attract someone like that in your in your life. Who will, until you've resolved that yeah, issue. Yeah, until you yeah, resolve yeah. that issue. And, and he will trigger that over and over and over again until you realize that, you know, you're not a child anymore. You're an adult right now. And then you can right. heal this, this trauma from back then. That's right. That you could run away from your issues, but um, mm, no. they, they will follow you. They're faster. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? So you can't run away from yourself. I think that's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah, true. So yeah, but let's... We'll go through a couple of points. Yeah, exactly. Then I have some... Uh, but maybe just as I said, you know, in the beginning, this is exactly not only a relationship with someone else, but, you know, also a relationship well, with the government, for example, if you say, no, you can't everything that you want on social media. And this this is the <laughs> other big thing that, that's, that's incredible about this is that these, these abusive um, uh, checklists... Um, what would you even call them? Like the, the, these 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 abusive um, like 
these abusive statements. Yeah. Right. I would just put it like that. The the the, the these these clinical abusive statements, they represent very clearly the society you live in, the government that you belong to or you support or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And you have to ask yourself, as I go through this list, I want all of you guys out there to try and do this. Ask yourself, if you may have not had these um these issues or these these abusive tendencies happen to you through a person mm. but ask yourself is it happening to you through your work environment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. through your society through your culture through uh, yeah. your government and this one is a huge one it's like when you think about the government you know uh being afraid uh like just replace the word abuser with government in that point are do you avoid doing certain things that makes your government angry? <laughs> right? How, how how true is that? Yeah, absolutely. Right? No, and also more so, also ask yourself, if you're abusing yourself, how many times you would say something and you think to yourself, I can't say this right now. I can't put that out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is also a form of abusing yourself. You know, you're not living your real truth. This also well, a form of abuse. You can abuse yourself. Making that connection to reality um, is a difficult path, I find. You know, because yeah. you always run into these things. And you have to ask yourself always subjectively and look at the situation objectively and say, mm. "Is this is this really where I, what what I think a good connection to reality should be? Mm. Is is it uh, am I the one with the issue, or is <laughs> is the issue somewhere else? Right? Yeah. yeah. And these are these are difficult things because often cases you'll you'll work a long hard road trying to solve something, trying to figure out where that that, that issue is coming from, only to find out that it was you the whole time that was bringing that issue to reality, that mm. that, that, that actually made it something real, right? Mm-hmm. Here, we have a couple comments I'm going to bring up real quick. Ah, yes. Right? Um, I forgot how to do it. There we go. <laughs> so, women don't typically announce that they have... I have to blow this up. This screen is so small. There, oh, look at that. that like... Women don't typically announce that they have to go because they're being summoned by their spouse because of the fear of physical abuse, speaking from personal experience with my ex. Right? And then she has a, a follow-up. I, um, I know most of the men that... Uh, have said they gotta go because their spouse is actually made up, is a made up excuse because they just feel like they want to go, uh, go throw their spouse under the bus. That's another thing too: is the abuser is abusive, mm-hmm. or, or or the the mm-hmm. abusee becomes abusive in his own right in mm-hmm. order to get back a lot of the energy that he feels that is being taken. So it it definitely creates a cycle, and this Absolutely, is something that yeah. I wanted to actually um imp- like really focus on as well. Looking at that, like obviously, and, and that, that's a good point is that I, I definitely have seen that that you have people who um they they want to abide by the rules of their abuser, whether it be their partner or mm-hmm, their government mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. their religion or whatever, and yet when they go. When they're, when they're not around them, to some of their friends, they're like, yeah, fuck that person, fuck that thing, that person sucks. And then they go back to the abusey, uh, to the abused, to the person abusing them, or yeah, the, yeah. the thing abusing them. And they're always very short and 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 callous or or uh, silent treatment type, you know, like, mm. and and it's it's an interesting it's an interesting dilemma. So I have here. This is actually mm. what's called the cycle of abuse in a relationship. I found this on many websites, mm-hmm. and it's a four step uh, cycle that repeats itself over and over again okay not in every situation but it's 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 something that is a is a, a pattern that's often pay, like copy and pasted onto many different types of abusive relationships and one is tension is building 
Mm. Right? <laughs> tension is building, right? So that's like with you with the as a biologist with the the stressors and the stress, right? Those are the yeah. stressors, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. something you have the right? the, the stressors are coming, right? Yeah, the stressors are coming, you just add the pressure. Right? Uh step number 2, incident of violence. Now, violence mm. I want to say doesn't have to be physical in this nature. It it could be an incident, right? It, it could, well, it, violence can also be, uh, you know, on a verbal level. Yeah, I mean it could be very dismissive. Let's let's just yeah. put it like that. Um Number three is um, reconciliation. Reconciliation is like um, to make the situation better, you know, like the, the makeup. Oh, uh, okay. Right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And then stage number four is the calm. Yeah. And, and look, uh, look at the way that our governments treat us. Just mm -hmm. in general, this cycle is constantly happening. It's like this constant wheel that's spiking and spiking. And I, I could say that... Um, right now, I feel like we're in this uh, reconciliation period, mm -hmm. and the calm is supposed to follow. Mm -hmm. But it's uh, and, and I felt that a few times. I remember uh, around 2018, it was a very calm period, right? And definitely the uh, uh, the the tension was building throughout 2020, and then mm -hmm. came the violence, and mm -hmm. then and now we're in that reconciliation period that's mm. going to be going into calm. And so you can you can take this and put it into many different forms, yeah, right? Yeah. For me, um, when I was uh, when I was younger in school. It was a constant thing, you know, um, me not wanting to do something. Or I would even say it the other way around. Uh, people asking me to do things that I didn't care for. That was always tension building to me. Always this expectation mm -hmm. that I have to deliver something that I didn't, <laughs> that, that I, that yeah. I, you know, that, that nobody technically, I never wanted to allow anybody to order from me. Yeah, you know? I see, I see. And, um... And then the incident of violence is always me like just saying the incident, let's just call it that way, it was always me just, you know, fucking it up or doing something else because I was angry and I just don't want to do it or whatever. Mm. And then there was the reconciliation, which would be like the teachers being like, are you going to do better next time? Okay, well, we'll forget about this and uh, we'll give you a fresh start, you know, the, and, and then the calm and then it starts again. So basically in order to not have abusive relationship is to find a way where tension cannot build up in the first place. Mm. <laughs> Well, I think tension is is uh, is always going to be there, in is, but I think that to be able to uh, not allow the atten in the tension to build up towards an incident of, of yeah. violence and abuse. And I look anybody out there who knows what it's like to be in a real violent, abusive relationship. Mm. I've seen it with both men and women. I've seen women beat the shit out of their men. Mm. I've seen men beat the shit out of their women. Mm -hmm. And the first couple smacks are harmless. It gets worse. Mm -hmm. Doesn't get better and this is kind of the same reason why i i, I left the country that i was in before i just felt that it, the the abuse was getting heavier and heavier and heavier mm -hmm. and it's the same thing over here i have friends of mine i haven't i have i've been doing really well in germany right i think that the i i, I worked i work personally better in the german system than i did uh, in the canadian or the u.s system um and and that's just because i think i came here with that mentality of wanting to do uh well and and um and and I, I don't know, it's just a, maybe I was at a time in my life where it made more sense to me and the laws here mm -hmm. are more formidable for me. The amount of times I've been arrested for drinking in public or whatever back home because I always fought, I found that uh, nobody has any business to tell me what uh, beverage I can have in my hand where, right? And that was just kind of a thing. That mm -hmm. was that, that constant tension, the amount of times a police officer had to pull me over and it would be always on my record and this, you know, I didn't drive drunk or anything like that, but I just, I often walked around in public with a beer in my hand. Mm. It's just, why not, you know? Yeah. 
That's yeah, but not the, an issue here in Germany. It's not an issue here in Germany. <laughs> you have to do all. this actually in order to blend in. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. And, and in, in, in Canada, it's actually quite the opposite in the sense that you can smoke pot anywhere. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, 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 re I remember back in the late 90s, smoking wasn't cool anymore for, for women. And uh, so when you were out front of a club or a bar or anything like that, um, the people smoking outside, they weren't smoking cigarettes. Mm. If they were, it would be like a dude or two, but women didn't smoke cigarettes much anymore. Um, and uh, it was always sm someone smoking pot out front of the door, right? That's just from from my experience, what, I, what I've witnessed. And then coming here where the police officers want to pull you over and take your blood and mm -hmm. test you for marijuana and take your license for two months for driving intoxicated, even though that maybe you just uh, kiffed or, or, or um, smoked a little bit of pot a couple days ago. It's uh, it's pretty fucked up, right? Mm. So that being said, yeah. Um, let's go on to a couple more points because this is just the first point and it looks like we <laughs> could just sit on this one for a while, but okay. I'm gonna, there are, the, the next couple ones are also golden. And while I don't even know we'll get through this whole list, I'm going to try and pick my favorite ones. There are so many. Yeah, well, we just have a next, you know, another episode on Right? It. So the, the next one is kind of, it, it, it uh, goes off of the last one. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's actually exactly what Felminator was talking about as well, uh, you know, making shit up and all that. But this one is, you have to check in often with the abuser and let them know where you are mm -hmm. and who you are with all the time. Yeah, yeah. Even when you're spending time with a close relative. And look, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm gonna only say this a couple times with the, with the whole COVID shit. This, this is, this is this to a script, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's the abuser script played mm -hmm. out in reality mm -hmm. in a hundred and whatever odd countries at the same time all over the world. So it, it just, it really goes to show you um, there's an, an abusive, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the English word, uh, group, like a correlation, uh, mm -hmm. like a, a conglomeracy, whatever mm -hmm. you want to say. There's this con con confederacy almost. There's an abusive confederacy that's global where all the different players are, I can't, confederacy is not a good word for that, but <laughs> we're all the, we're all the <laughs> behind the scenes. There, 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 there's, there are hands being shaken and there, there are palms being greased as we say. Mm. And, um, it's an abusive strategy. That's all it is. I mean, right. Go back to the Patriot Act before then you have other things, you know, it, it was, it was the same bullshit, uh, that like, Every generation had it in one form or another, yeah, you know, yeah. whether it was the hippie generation with the drugs, whether it was in the 80s, again, with the crack cocaine and the violence and all that stuff, 90s, uh, the, the the mass immigration and all that stuff. So it's it's all these different things. And something I wanted to talk about with the Egregor as well was the idea that a culture has a soul in the sense that... Uh, uh, in the sense that a collect uh, a collective body of people can come together mm -hmm. and create an entity mm -hmm. that's called the egregor, a, cu a culture has this, you know? And yeah. even the Dalai Lama talked a lot about that stuff as well. He said there's a spirit of a nation, there's a spirit of a culture. Yeah. And there are different, different societies, different cultures. Yeah, it's true. And uh, just like taking, you know, as a biologist, what happens if you just start taking neighboring rabbits from uh, from foreign Burrows, just start throwing them in the in in the burrow. <laughs> they get beaten up. They get beaten up, but shit. I, I think it's, it, it shit goes bad real quickly. Yeah, <laughs> you right? can also put it that way. And 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 so it doesn't work like that in nature. You can't just force feed groups into other groups and assume that it's going to get better and it's mm -hmm. going to be okay and no one's going to get hurt. It doesn't mm -hmm. work that mm -hmm. way, not in reality. And it destroys both the cultures. Mm -hmm. it, it destroys the essence and the spirits of both of them. And it's a very abusive 
strategy. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, but, it's not respecting the the borders of of both groups and Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I'll say an abusive I don't know if this is a, an item on the list, but a, a big a part of an abusive relationship is always having someone ask you to go somewhere and do something and integrate into something you're not comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Just don't want to do it. You're not interested. It's true, yeah. And the big reason for it would be more that they want you to become what they want you to become, not yeah, respecting yeah, yeah. what you are and how you naturally want to grow as a as a human. I would say that's the essence, really, of abuse. You know, to see someone else or something else, yeah, someone else as a as a thing. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, without love, we just look at someone and think like, ah, I wanna, I want this person to be like that. I want this person to mm-hmm. do things that I want, and not really accepting that this person is an entity of itself and it has its own soul, and really just looking at it and seeing and 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 just experiencing that person of mm-hmm. who he or she really is, right? And yeah. just looking with beloved eyes on that person and not with, I don't know, with hatred or with, with I don't know what, what else could so be, right? you so. did something pretty funky the other day. I, I think that we should talk about it a little bit. <laughs> what is it? Well, you had a horseback riding ah, yeah. um, class that was yes. uh, designed um, not just for horseback riding. Want to talk about that a bit? Sure. Yeah, if that fits in. It, I think it does because yeah. um, the the uh, like in this case you. So maybe explain to the audience first what it is that you did, <laughs> and I'll and I'll get to my point as okay. to why it's relative or relevant. Yeah. So I had a I had a horse riding lesson, which was basically not focusing on the horse riding, you know, learn to ride a horse itself, but mm-hmm. more more to really understand the how to you know how to connect with the horse on a level that the horse can understand you as a human being. So I had had to learn how horses usually behave in nature and they're yeah. herd animals. Herd animals. Yeah. 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 Herd animals. animals. That's correct. Yeah. And so usually how it works in, in the wilderness that there is a group of horses and you have a leader, leader horse, leading horse, female, I usually it's a female in the female group or a male in the male group. And so that female, she, she is the, as I said, the main, you know, leading, she dominates all the others. Right. And it's important for her to, to have the, the trust of all members in the group because if she says we're moving, we're going somewhere, she has mm-hmm. to make sure that everyone is following. Right. And if someone is not willing to follow, well then that person that, that horse has to leave the group and it has to or stay get eaten. <laughs> well, again, you know, leaving in a group for that horse is safety. That's why yeah. that leading horse, she makes sure that all of them respect her as the leading horse and how they do mm-hmm. that. You know, she she bites them if if they're not following or she's like yeah. you know, like push them away and this is exactly what or we gives them a nip I would say yeah just, yeah. just a, like you know just giving an impulse of like waking mm-hmm. that horse up and saying you know I'm the boss here <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I I never did really well with you know being dominant the dominant person because I always thought like I don't want to hurt anyone <laughs> well you often you, I think the thing is that you experienced abuse when you were younger yeah. uh, very emotionally abuse, yeah. uh, abusive cu- uh, culture and society that you grew up in uh, very passive aggressive society mm-hmm. this one and uh, so this is uh, East Germany and Brandenburg where she's from and um, yeah I think I see that with a lot of people you know they, they, they undergo certain abuses and then they assume that every type of dominance mm-hmm. is a form of an abuse yeah. and it's not it's and not so healthy. Go, go, tell us about that. 
yeah, so I I really have problems with, you know, standing my ground and and specifically when it's about animals, like I don't want to hurt them. I don't want to push them or do anything that I feel like is is violent. And so she asked me to she said, you know, now we're doing this the way you have to claim your major position as being the the leading horse in that group. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it can be very dangerous for you because that horse is uh, 700 kilos or 600 kilos mm-hmm. and it can move as fa- like much faster than you can. So if you're not in control, it's dangerous for you. Right. And also for the horse, you know, if it just runs off with me somewhere into the... Uh, Do they really weigh that she, much? She said 600 kilos. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. I thought I thought so too when Big I sat on, <laughs> on top of that horse. Yeah. And so how we did it was... I was standing next to the horse and so the horse didn't want didn't want to come with me. She said, now you have to, you know, have mm-hmm. to claim your position and how are you going to do this? I sent the horse away. I said, you know, okay, you're not part of my group. If you're not doing what I want, I send you away. So I kind of pushed the horse away. I had a, yeah. a leash, not a leash, but was that like a... A line. Yeah, a line. So I kind of, you know, put a little, a little bit into his face, not hurting him, but just giving him impulse. Also just, you know, shaking a little bit on the, on the neck. And so it went away from me. Mm-hmm. And it it ran around a couple of rounds, and then I was just not taking any not paying, atten- attention. Not paying attention. So after he was steaming off a little, <laughs> he came closer. I didn't I didn't do anything, and so it was at that point where she said, "Now that's the so-called join up. It's it's a uh, an idea from Monty Robertson. I think he's an American so-called horse whisperer. It's a very <laughs> I was gonna say. I mean, what you're talking about anyway. is very reminiscent of the dog whisperer techniques as well. Yeah, so it's the same. It's that. the same thing. Just to really claim your position of power towards that animal and and make him feel like you are the leading horse, mm-hmm. so that the horse will come to you willingly for guidance. Yeah, for guidance. Yeah. And then after that, we 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 know we discuss the positions. Like mm-hmm. I'm the boss here. He just followed me without me saying anything. Yep. He was just behind me. Yep. And each and then when I w- we did the horse riding thing, she she said, you know, you always have to give him a, um you, you have to give him direction. What is the next thing you want to do? If you're not deciding, and then the horse will decide for mm. you. So that was really interesting for me to really get out of my way and and dominate that animal on a level where I felt uncomfortable with in yep. the first time. But she said it's for bo- it's a win-win situation. You are safe and the horse is safe. Yeah. He feels comfortable if you are the dominating well, animal. And this is something like when we first got our, our first cat, this is not the one that's behind Madeline right now. No, she's um, a secondhand cat. <laughs> it was very difficult for her because she always wants to please him. And I'm and mm-hmm. I and I'll set strict boundaries and let him know that uh, that I'm in charge for good reasons. And mm-hmm. and I'll get to those in a minute. And no, that's true. the big thing is uh, specifically the cat that we have, uh the other one, um, is a Siberian cat, and they're technically pack animals, right? Mm-hmm. They're they 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 live in packs and herds, kind of not herds, but packs in uh, in, Groups, uh, yeah. in in Russia and so on and so forth. They're not like the typical um, house cats that you have, and they're only very recently removed from the wild completely, right? Like a couple generations. So um, their relationship to us was more like they lived out in near the barns, and they would eat the mice, and uh, you know we'd give them a little bit of shelter and, and attention and all that stuff. And uh, so it was a it was a beneficial situation to have them, and, and it's actually very recent that they started coming into our homes, mm-hmm. right? But the point that I'm getting at is that in the pack, um, there are a lot of animals that aren't the alpha, mm-hmm. don't want to be, don't have to be, yeah, and uh, don't need to be, yeah, and the. So what what makes that really important is just like with, whether it's with dogs or horses or even certain types of cats, or humans, people, mm-hmm. right? Um, a lot of people, when you put them in a position of power and decision making and responsibility, mm-hmm. 
they become nervous. Yep. They, 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 you know, they may say they want it. Like a lot of people, they're like, oh, if, if, if I was in control, I would do things like this, this, and this. Well, yeah. and then you look at that person's life and they're not in control of anything. Mm-hmm. So it's probably better that they're not in control of anything more until they can get their it's own true. shit in pot, yeah. uh, like in, in, sorted, right? Yeah. And, and I think that's the very point where they become abusive because they realize that in a position of power, they're not, um, you know, they're not... Um, there yet, right? Mm-hmm. So they they don't have the skills for it, and then they start abusing because they maybe also afraid of you know if someone realizes that I'm actually have yeah. no idea what I'm doing sure. here. I, I I agree with that. I think that abuse in many cases is actually a byproduct of somebody wanting to be in power yeah. but not knowing how. Yeah, and it has a lot to do with uh, insecurity. Yeah. yeah, and the truth of the matter is, is that I, when when you see an organic group, whether it be a pack animals, a herds, and so on and so forth. The one who becomes the leader, he doesn't necessarily always do it because he wants to lead the group. Mm-hmm. He's doing it because um, he's taking on the responsibility because he realizes that he'll do a better job than anybody else around him. Yeah. And the others will quickly follow. And this is why when you have um, two two alphas fighting to become the leader of a group, mm-hmm. um, what's really happening is, is, is the one that um, wins dominates over the other one, one of two things will happen, like specifically with bears. Uh, the the second alpha will either leave the group and mm-hmm. become um, yep. a, a, a lone bear, for example, or a lone wolf with wolves, or he'll just become a beta and mm-hmm. he'll just start helping other in, in other ways. And the big thing I was getting at was with the horses, um, often cases, specifically with herd animals, they don't want to be in charge. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a burden to be in charge, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that being said, when a human comes around um, and starts acting like they're in charge and dominating, but healthy domina- uh, mm-hmm. dominance, what mm-hmm. you're really doing is, is you're con- reconfirming to the animal, you don't need to be in a position of dominance. I got it. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah, absolutely. And then, the, and then the animal just melts away and says, ah, you know what? I just wanted to be in a place where <laughs> I can feel comfortable and yeah, secure. Absolutely. And this is where most people want to be as well. Yeah, yeah. And this constant cycle of abuse is shaking you out of being comfortable and being secure. Mm-hmm. And, and it, and it, uh, it creates this unsta- instability inside that eventually gets reprojected as another mm-hmm. form of abuse when you find somebody else to abuse. And also, as you said, you know, in school, everyone tells you that you have to become a leader yourself. That's what I think. Bullshit. You know, it's like, yeah, bullshit. Because many people just don't don't feel like they don't want it. They don't want to yeah. produce. They don't want to have the yeah. career. But they, they tell you, but if you don't have a career, then you're nothing. So imagine the trouble that you're in, right? And and, right? and you just try to be something that you're not. You just want to have your your little herd yeah. <laughs> following yeah. someone or, you know, just like maybe having a family and you have maybe, maybe a husband where you right. can trust and you can feel like, okay, he is, you know, um, someone I can, I can feel safe with. And, and yeah. which doesn't mean that it always has to be in, in every situation, but just overall. Right. And um, so, yeah, that was a very interesting experience for me because as mm. you just said, I felt it took me a little bit, you know, to, she, she had me on a leash. Then I was on the top of the horse. We were doing some rounds and, I had to got comfortable with. I had also mm-hmm. a horse riding accident when I was 12. So we went through this all uh, as well. Yeah, she broke her shoulder real bad. Yeah, so we kind of, I already felt like I was sitting on that huge horse and I felt like, oh, I can feel the fear coming back. <laughs> so yeah. we work with that. But I could, once I was comfortable, once we resolved all of this, once I was in, you know, with, with the movement of the horse and I understood what is it about that I have to, that have to make my horse really listen to me that mm-hmm. um, every time I give him an impulse when he starts wandering around and you know trying to to make his own decisions yep. I could feel that eventually the horse relaxed under me 
Yeah. It was like, you know, doing the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ears and all that and you could really see That's his right. behavior yeah. and she said now he's relaxed now he trusts you now he accepts you as a leader and That's then right. everything went really easy and well and, and it was it was a pleasure to, That's to right. horse riding you know it's funny there's a even the terminology I find to be sometimes a little bit over uh, aggressive uh, in English when you take a horse and you tame them to become uh, mm -hmm. a horse that you can ride mm -hmm. they call it breaking the horse yeah and it's not a it's it's really not a healthy way of looking absolutely at it absolutely not it's, it's, it's the same what you do with children in school you're breaking them right yeah isn't that the sad truth absolutely yeah where it's more about gaining trust of that animal in order to show him that you are in charge that you are yeah. no you know what's going on that he can feel safe with you I, I must say you know thinking about it like that um for me my entire adolescent life um I must say felt like there was no trust never mm. any very very little trust mm -hmm. and 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 i kept that with me for a long time and i still do you know um no trust in in, in establishments and companies and governments in foundations in groups mm -hmm. it, it drives madeline nuts because she always tries to do things like find little labels on 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 products and stuff and says oh no it's good look at the, the label and i said yeah i can make a fucking label too you know, I, it doesn't mean shit. Yeah. And and this is one of these things where I, I, I've just, I've, I've become so distrusting of a lot of this stuff because of the abuse that I've seen with myself and with other people, organizations, mm -hmm. even like childcare organizations, uh, the abuse that I've seen go on in there with friends of mine. It's it's unbelievable. Hospitals, uh, doctors um, abusing and, and, and sexually abusing their, uh, their patients. Like, mm -hmm. it's unreal that where you think that where the care should be, the church, same thing, the abuse. My, my priest was, uh, he lost his priesthood for molesting someone. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just all these things. Yeah. And it's not like just a one-off. It's like, it was just a constant everywhere i looked i saw these abuse uh signals and um and and cycles just constantly repeating well yeah i mean what would you think will happen if the abuser has been abused themselves they just give it you know it's just like a never in a yep. circle you just that's how they learned it if they would know better they would have done yep. done better right? and so now we live in a world where i'm fairly convinced that the only way to really get to a position of decent power in um, politics or government is is to be a, an abusive person, a narcissistic mm. person, uh, a person that has very little empathy. Uh, yeah. I, I very rarely meet somebody who has good empathy, you know, is a good, decent human being that lasts long in those arenas. Eventually, they 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 try it. They didn't like it. They leave. They do something else. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and it's politics true. used to be more of a uh, a social act of of charity you mm -hmm. know it way way back in the past yeah, yeah, yeah. only recently is this a very recent thing where all of a sudden politicians all have salaries and incomes that that exceed the general population that's not normal mm -hmm. and this is a big thing too because now it's associated with prestige mm -hmm. it's associated with yeah. control it's associated with only the best get picked but the the sad truth of the matter is is that it's a vetted system so yeah. it means that it's very socialist in nature it means you don't get in unless you know the right people and yeah, yeah. It's, it's the same with the academics, right? You know, like the professorship and all that. So I was, for many, many years, I had no idea what I was into. Yep. <laughs> because also that was something familiar. I, I as you, as Eris said, I grew up in East Germany when we had a socialism um, going on. So I yep. was six when the wall came down. But I, a lot of my childhood was under that regime where, you know, it was, I don't even know how to explain that, but... I felt secure that everything was taken care of me and I was in that system. 
so that's how I knew it. And I guess that's why I also ended up at the university for a mm -hmm. long time in, you know, um, pursuing my PhD, working in academics, because that was just a similar way of system that was just yeah. something that I felt secure with because I knew it from very um, early ages yeah on. we just got a good comment on uh, yes. podbean uh there's a there's something that you've probably never heard uh in in german they have a comment or a, a saying that says too many chefs in the kitchen yes uh yeah. and in american english we have um too many chiefs and not enough indians <laughs> <laughs> <That's super. laughs> right? and, and so uh Lightbright uh, just said it's not realistic to have too many chiefs and not enough Indians, and <laughs> it just doesn't work. It's true, yeah. Right, like that. And, and and so it's 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 a very it's it, it's it's a funny thing because a lot of people want to be the chief. They want to be in yeah. power. They want yeah, to be yeah, in yeah. command. And I've seen this with my industry many times. A lot of people come in because in my industry, mm -hmm. uh, for you guys out there who are listening right now. Um, I'm a building automation senior technician, right? At least in the company that I was working with, I am no longer with that company. So now I'm just a building automation technician out on my own and freelancing once again, good feeling. And yeah. um, in my industry, it takes a couple of years to really just get your feet grounded to mm. be able to be left alone and trusted that, you know, mm -hmm. you can manage a small job, a mm -hmm. small job. Mm -hmm. takes years to be able to actually develop the skills to be able to do a large job with a team. And I've seen so many people that come in, you know, they're they're fresh out of university or mm -hmm. they're students doing their master or bachelor parallel to the work. Mm -hmm. And they want, they you know, they want more money. They want more uh, uh, accolades. They want more amenities. You know, they, they want a car. They want better tools. <laughs> and the Give first, it to me now yeah, that I'm done with university. I deserve it. <laughs> exactly. And the first thing I would always ask them is, what do you think you're worth? Like... If because uh, obviously employment over here to hire someone um, in a company over here costs a lot of money. It's not like the rest mm. of the world over here in Germany. It, it like if you're if if you take home like two grand mm -hmm. or even three grand after taxes, let's say three grand after taxes, the company's paying out closer to what you deal with this with your foundation. You look at the books too, closer uh, to, to like seven. Right? Yeah, so it's twenty percent. Uh, you have to add twenty percent on the. Um, They're just for the taxation, yeah. But then no, all the no, costs. No, no, no. You like you know you you get your salary before mm -hmm. taxes, and right? Even before taxes, you have to put on twenty percent for the operation. Yeah. So if you make about three grand here, then that means monthly before taxes, you actually make about five and a half, and then mm -hmm. twenty percent onto that will be so the the, the company's cost yeah. to keep you on the books. Yeah. So it's a lot. So it's like seven grand just to keep some just to give someone like three grand over here it's insanity mm. right yeah, yeah it's crazy. and my point is is that when somebody comes along and says i want a car and i want to be able to do more you like i don't think you understand you know they want to raise they want all these things like um if if it, and you ask them it's like can you bring 10 grand worth into this company mm. by yourself without mm -hmm. me constantly mm -hmm. shadowing yeah, yeah, you know yeah. being there for you yeah and until that's possible no and this is where it's important for people to realize the roles of the chief and the indians <laughs> right <laughs> the chief gets there because he's uh he's he's earned his position yeah right just like the big the head chef it's not easy i've worked in restaurants my father's a pastry chef i grew around a lot mm. of really talented culinary experts right yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's a fast paced thing. You can't just throw anybody in there and say go for it. You know. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's also you know to be at that place. It's much easier if you enjoy what you're doing because then you become better at your work. You basically put yourself into a position of you know being the yeah. chief, not because this is your main goal. Because I think someone who just wants to be 
in that position of high power and ask, you know, what I have to mm -hmm. do in order to be there. And then he goes by the script and does what he thinks is necessary. He will never as good as someone who doesn't care about that high position, but just really likes the work that he or she is doing and, and just puts extra miles into it because um, it's so interesting to learn more about it and to practice yeah. more about it. Yeah. And basically this is what happened also with me. I never intended to be the leader of a foundation or, you know, writing my own books or something like that. That was never my goal, like a career, but I was always interested in biology and I always yeah. pursued things that I, yeah, I, I was yeah. interested in. And all of a sudden, one day I found myself in that position where I'm right now, which, you know, sometimes I, I'm also like, I just want to be an Indian. I don't want to be the chief. <laughs> it's, it's true. I don't want to have all this responsibility, but it's also, yeah. you know, it's also something that that let me grow as a person. So now I'm start to enjoying actually it because some I can, of the administrative uh, tasks. Well, also just in general, you know, to take responsibility. Yeah. I actually like enjoying that because I feel, you know, I've been through a lot of things in my life. I had a lot of experiences also with the shamanic healing. I bring mm -hmm. a lot of different aspects into my work that I know other people don't have. So I can make decisions even on a different level that I think will bring the good for everyone. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. And and this is that that this is one of these things. If you're a person that has a natural ability to empathize mm -hmm. and and, yeah. and and to want to create a functioning team, I think a lot of people don't want that because they're more concerned about their um, entitlements. Absolutely. Right? I think again, you know, you have the question of whether you see the other people as objects that help you to pursue your career, or you see them as people that you can share your passion with and that you mm -hmm. can build something bigger and, and really just ask yourself what mm -hmm. I can do in order to 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 build something everyone is happy with. Yep. And not, you know, what, yep. what can they do for me? <laughs> it was hard. The last company I was with, uh, I took it upon myself because I knew I needed it for myself back when I was a freelancer to really focus on planning documentation, mm -hmm. you know, making sure that the, the that everything ran smoothly, really smooth, like mm -hmm. to the point where every time we put out a proposal, I put out a proposal with the planning of the project. Mm -hmm. So before they even paid us, I gave them a simple version of the project in a planned form mm -hmm. so that they can visually see what we what we have you know, in mind for them, which is, which is very unheard of in this industry. Typically, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 there are a lot more steps between that. And I found that it actually removed a lot of tension. It made people feel more comfortable when they saw that I, I had things under control. Well, it also is a sign, I think of, you know, it's not about making a lot of money in a short time, but it's about making a project that, you know, or, or finishing something yep. that is really working. So yep. you were focusing on good work rather than on just getting paid yep. for things. Well, this is the hard reality um we live in a world now where our monthly costs are constant you know yes it's it's not like uh, the average person lives in a three generation house with a big property where if you get burnt out or don't feel like uh joining society for a month that you can just work in the garden for a bit and yeah. then go back later uh, you don't you can't take these breaks as easily as before free willingly yeah and instead People are are crammed into small dwellings on top of one another, and the countryside is laid barren by large agriculture and 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 manufactured landscapes. Mm. And this is one of these things where I, the, constantly feeling this that that the world is is untrue. You know um, that the world itself is not honest because the structure is no longer honest. How yeah. that, that how can the structure be honest when it's so 
cold and so barren of, a, of life itself, right? Very good question. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very infertile place to be it, for a lot of people in yeah. many cities. I think where we live specifically, it's 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 pretty decent, right? Where we are right now, we have a decent nature mix, but even still for me, it's not it's not enough. And, yeah, I, yeah. and it's a hard thing to, once you start to have that real taste of reality to, to have it taken away and go mm. back, it's very hard to reintegrate. Mm. And so what I wanted to talk about was really when we choose to work, you know, professionally to make money to, you know, create an exchange. Um, and you're in a society or you're in a, in a, in a large company or a group where, you know, your decisions affect a lot of people mm -hmm. or, or you're part of a group where, you know, your actions affect the way that other people make decisions. You have to really ask yourself, um, are you there because you just want your paycheck? Yep. Or are you there because you truly like what you want to do? Or are you there because you enjoy the social construct of what you do? Mm. You know, is this like a family unit for you? Mm -hmm. Or are you just a cog in a wheel and that's how you want it to be? I know some people that just really want to be told what to do. They want their eight-hour day so that they can sit yeah. on the computer and listen to music and drink their tea and coffee and not have to interact <laughs> with people and not be held responsible for shit that goes wrong. And they love it. Yeah. And I know other We're people that are the right? opposite. I can't do that. I mean, I can't, I, you know, <laughs> it's, but I, and I have done it a couple times in my yeah. life just to see. And it was, to me, it was soul crushing, but other people loved it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. It's it's we're all different on that level. I loved um, taking uh, what was that? I just want to say, should we uh, proceed on your list or? We're gonna keep going on the list. That's oh, for okay. sure. That's yeah. Uh, so the big thing I wanted to wrap up with was that uh, obviously we all have different comfort zones. Mm. I operate on a certain level that when I have sometimes colleagues and people around me, it's really uncomfortable for them. <laughs> they don't like it because to them, I, I operate on a way that to them is very uncertain. You know, they don't, they don't like, a lot of people don't like uncertainties. They want things to be constantly laid out in yeah. front of them to be nice and clear. But this is why I do what I do. Uh, being a, a system integrator mm. is somebody who is constantly taking the problems, finding a solution and putting it together in a product form mm. that can be sold. Mm. That's what I do is I, I, I immerse myself into something that is instable and I make it stable. Yeah. And for a lot of people they're, who are constantly looking for stability, they can't. They just can't do what I do. It's it's just a fact. They and, have to go into administration or something that's a little more, uh, <laughs> you know, checklist oriented. <laughs> your, your battery is low. My battery is low. It's oh, I didn't plug battery. it in. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, but yeah. Why don't yeah, you tell us a nice yeah. story and I'll go plug that in. <laughs> I was just adding on that, you know, since I'm knowing, knowing you now for a couple of years, I also would say that you're a very fast person. You you think very fast and also very complex. And I think this is also intimidating for many people around him because he's just very quick in his decision making and he has a cr incredible ability to oversee the situation and really put things together before he put them together <laughs> so he sees the solution ahead you know while other people are still packing their backs out <laughs> something like that so i think this is just yeah also um so we're really different right yeah. on, on well, that and level it's, and it's, if it's that's intimidating for you then i think this is also as you experience in many situations but people started abusing you but because of that oh because uh, the way you worked it was the same thing in school too it's like I, I knew what i wanted to do i knew what i liked and i you know i i, I was i had a very clear idea when i was younger what i liked and what i wanted to do mm. what i didn't like was to have to constantly justify to other people who yeah didn't get it Absolutely. And, and they assumed that everybody's the same. We must all be able to get it. No, no. <laughs> it's, it doesn't work that way. And this is that destruction of the self that uh, I really, I think I did okay in my life maintaining. I did a good job actually in my life maintaining myself. 
Yeah. You know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. not allowing it to constantly be broken by <sighs> fractured entities that were constantly <laughs> coming towards me, mm -hmm. wanting me to join them, right? I think I didn't. <laughs> I didn't do so well on that, but recently I definitely can feel that I'm going back to it. Yeah. The horse riding is absolutely something that I was also doing for myself. That was something I always loved to do when I was a child. I was never really allowed to do because, you know, mm -hmm. they were afraid if something happens. Oh, sorry, Fiona. And um, so now I, I feel like, yeah, I don't need to explain myself why I'm spending that money on that horse riding stuff, why I want to do this. I'm just doing it and I'm enjoying it. And so that's, yeah, it's something, you know, after yep. many, many years, <laughs> finally also doing the stuff that I like. And I don't don't need and want to explain myself yep. for that. Lightbright just said that she just stepped down from a general manager to a bartender position because she just want things to be, you know, a yeah. little, 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 I, 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 I you like know. that. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. A yeah. nicer atmosphere. Makes life better. I also actually made a decision that had to do with this as well. I, I don't know if I talked about this, but I got a job offer about... Uh, for uh, academic research yep. with hairs. It sounded really, really interesting and it would have been also good for my biological career. <laughs> <laughs> career as a biology. C career as a biologist. And, you know, more more going back to that scientific work and the academic work. And so my brain, my logical part was like, yeah, you have to do this. You know, you haven't really worked as a biologist in a while and you haven't published anything. So go back and do this. But my feelings also said, you know, do I really want to do it? Do I really enjoy this? Is that necessary? Do I have to? And so right. I came to the conclusion that I don't want this job because, um, yeah, it's it's not something that I really want to do anymore on that level. Mm -hmm. What I what I wanted to do, what it was actually that I was interested in in that job would have been to be outside and spend time with animals. In that case, it would have been hares to, you know, kind of catch them or anything like that which I didn't like that part either. But it was about, I want to spend time with animals and nature. And so I thought, how else can I do it? You know, I don't need the whole building up my career thing around it, but just letting letting go of it and mm -hmm. now finding so much joy in just, you know, having these horse riding lessons or just being with my cats outside. I'm not getting another PhD for that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <Yeah. laughs> no, but it's not about that. It's about doing the things that I love and not, you know, not, not, not focusing on the outcome. That's why I really like what uh, was that little light bright light bright <laughs> had <laughs> to mentioned. say good on you so i, I like that <laughs> yeah. um so i'm gonna I, i'd like to shift now back to the uh, the list for today yes shift so what i'd like to do for today is i'm gonna blast through this list because i just want to kind of read it all out okay well and, 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 and then we can just talk about it exactly yeah uh, right. because i think a lot it. of them are very interchangeable and kind of feed off mm. of one another like these points i, I think i have about 15 in front of me oh my and God. yeah but i mean they're, they're all like once you get one, you kind of get the other. It doesn't really, it kind of repeats the same thing. But yeah, uh, these yeah. were, like I said, from various different sites, I put it all together. Let's take a look. And then what I want to do is I want to talk about um, the effects of being abused. And then mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm going to jump into uh, some pretty nasty abusive things that have happened to people from the society that we forget mm -hmm. happened. So okay. here we go. Right, let me see if I can... Zoom in a little bit. Well, maybe you can share that so we can read with you, or does it make sense? Ah, uh, no, it doesn't make oh, sense. Okay, it doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Not like this. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so um, here we go. So the next one is the abuser blocks you during conversation by accusing you of something or changing the topic. 
right? So <laughs> this is like you, you know this like with with the parents, right? It's 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 difficult sometimes. You're you're having a conversation with them, and it's like they just constantly interrupt when you're talking and change the yeah, you know, and they're like, and they clearly haven't listened so far, right? They're yeah, just like uh, somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you're, you're talking about you're like, like hello, <laughs> something you did, and they're like, oh yeah, today I had a great day. Yeah, and I was like, well, all right. Just... And so yeah, exactly. Um, the abuser makes you feel as if your feelings are wrong and they don't matter. This one was huge for me, as I, mm. I, I generate, I have very thick skin now. You know, from people constantly telling me that um, the way that I see things isn't acceptable, mm. <laughs> right? I, it's an amazing thing to be able to to think that you can say that to someone to say that uh, yeah, it's not acceptable right. the ideas that you have, it's which like, means like you are not acceptable. It's all, right? yeah, it's you unbelievable. Yeah. It's unreal. It, but I have thick skin to the words that, and it's funny because it usually comes from these types of people who are more PC that have these like PC politically correct ah. <laughs> that have these I- insane eugenics ideas that like mm. uh you know you there there are acceptable ideas there are acceptable beliefs mm. and non-acceptable it's, it's it's unreal to me yeah, to, yeah. to even know that people can say these sentences and still hold a straight face afterwards right so uh the next one is the abuser makes you apologize for things you didn't do mm. and now this is another thing is that like wanting like when i was younger constantly wanting me to apologize for saying things that i thought were, that, that I that I not that I believed in, but the way that I saw things. Yeah. And then wanting me to apologize for seeing things that way. It's like what? also things you didn't do means like, you know, you should have done this, but you didn't want to, and then you have to apologize for that. All that. Like why would you do All that? that? It's not important. Exactly. All that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you think of it like from a from a governmental point of view, same thing. You know, I, um in uh in rural areas all over North America, people didn't need driver's license. Yeah. Right, people would 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 have their large properties, and they would have ATVs, and they would go out in the bush without driver's licenses. Their children would drive their cars when they were fifteen years old, mm. and then all of a sudden, you know, I had um, a friend of mine who uh, was drinking all day and decided to take his mom's pickup truck out to the store to go get to water and food or whatever. I mean, uh, and you have to realize, like, this is an area where there are no cars on the road at that time of night and all that stuff, and it's so deep in the forest that mm. it's like there's no one around. But what do the, the police do? They sit at the gas station, and they they they, they inspect everybody that comes in, right? Uh. And so they went up to him and realized he, he had been drinking, and they arrest him. Mm. And then he had no driver's license. And so what they did was is... They coerced him. I say coerced him because forced is the wrong word. Mm. They forced, they coerced him to sign a piece of paper that allowed them to give him a driver's license so that they can punish him. Because without <laughs> it, they couldn't punish him. Right? And yeah, and yeah. then he had to do this whole plea thing and go to court and be like, I did something, I blah, 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 I was wrong. But the funny thing that I'm really getting at is that these documents that we sign ourselves over it, mm-hmm. it's like a form of magic right mm-hmm. it's a ritual mm-hmm. to them mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. we can't do anything until you've completed the ritual and uh, until you've until you've been uh, you know brought into our society and mm-hmm. and it's a funny thing because when you really think of it from a natural point of view you live somewhere and you're, tr- you're you're just commuting from point a to point b you're doing your own thing and you have a, a society that comes in paves big parts of the streets and says everything that happens on this street is our business mm-hmm. Do you agree? Mm. And then you have to sign a paper that says I agree, and that's what that really means. True. Over yeah. over here, it's, it's true. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine over here, he um, lost his driver's license for um, having uh, for having too many beers and driving a bicycle. Mm. I've I've met people over here who lost their driver's license for walking across the street 
um, and having a couple beers on their breath. So it's funny in Germany. Is it really no? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. It, I it, only know like when you cross bec- when the light, light is red. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, well, that's the thing. It's like, the, well, yeah. let, let's just say that you're 20 yards in front of the light and you just crossed the middle of the street. Hmm. The police officer on the other side and says you should have crossed the light. He's like, oh, and you're drunk. Yeah, they take away your license and hmm. then they'll they and then what happens is you get dubbed as a drunk driver. Yeah. And even though you weren't driving, you're just walking across the street. Mm. And this is something in Germany, it's it's legal to have alcohol in public and to have as much as you want. But if you don't obey the traffic laws, well, having alcohol in you doesn't matter what form of transportation or none, mm. just your feet, right? Uh, then they will consider you a drunk driver and it takes years to get your license back and you mm. have to go through depending on how much uh, alcohol content you had in you at the time of the breathalyzer. You have to go through extensive uh, 10-step programs and psychological assessment uh, before they allow you to go back on the street again. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's it. And that's the whole abusive scenario where even just looking at that that whole system as to how somebody who is being considered, because uh, over here being considered an alcoholic is the same thing as being considered a drug taker, right? Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's the same clinic you have to go through. It's an mm-hmm. addiction clinic mm-hmm. that you have to go through for substance abuse. Wow. Right? <laughs> and um, it's, it's just amazing for me to see that that system itself is not like they don't tell you here's what you got to do to get your license back no it's you just go through this enough times and until we've realized that you've tried hard enough we'll eventually just get someone to say mm. it's okay mm. so all right there you go uh next so the abuser makes you apologize for things you didn't do we went over yeah, that yeah. the abuser makes you feel selfish or stupid that's uh, again like every one of these things i take so these are things I've experienced, not necessarily with relationships yeah. with people, like, uh, but mostly in school, scholastic environments, and just in general with work environment and society. Mm. Uh, you know that when and, someone, sorry, go ahead. No, I just said, and they basically have to do with, um, you know, that someone is not accepting that someone else has different opinions, that there is a, a different way to see the world. Yeah. If you would just like accept this and see this with love and, and would be like, wow, this is amazing. We all see the world differently. You know, can we just learn from each other? Yeah. Just leave it. And and, and that's, <laughs> you know, that's the, the pot calling the kettle black when a guy is saying, hey, you know, uh, your opinion is selfish. And, and yeah. but realistically his, or his, someone saying, your opinion's not allowed because it's yeah. a selfish opinion. And I don't like what you say because, yeah. you know, I want have I want you to be different. This is all Amazing. it is. You just want Amazing. someone else to be different. So the abuser... And we're talking about, you know, um, biodiversity and all that. <laughs> that yeah. It's also biodiversity. <laughs> oh, I got something about that today, too, before we cut. You're gonna, you guys are going to love this. For all of you guys out there who have heard of the much spoken of Agenda 2030 in the media, I've been, I've been hearing this for... Mm-hmm decades now first it was agenda 21 and then agenda 2030 and i I remember people saying oh conspiracy theory and all that stuff i i got some pictures to show you guys about what's going on in berlin right now it's it's something okay so um (laughs) yeah exactly um the abuser may deny things you said or actions that took place including previous abuse Mm -hmm. from a post relationship now this is really interesting because when you look at our government when you look at the society that we live in and you look at what used to be acceptable mm. and what now no longer is or what's becoming uh, acceptable mm-hmm. and you look at i look at it like this because obviously many governments and societies are older than the people who live in them yep so you know obviously the german government that we live under right now is very young but germany and the society and all the big businesses that still were formed you know perhaps in the 20s and 30s and 40s they're still here today 
Mm. And they're still carrying the same, you know, bottom mm-hmm. line with them. The the, the health industries and, and the scholastic industries, they it's, it's the same kind of um, program that's mm-hmm. just been passed on and passed on. doesn't matter whether it had been through the Nazi uh, Germany or the West Germany or East Germany or Soviet, you, you know, all that stuff. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I'm going to read through this because it's actually, I can see that it's... Uh, it's gonna. It's it's like every every topic we every little sentence yeah, here we you can, can go. Yeah, you can have an own show about this. <laughs> exactly, but the point that I was really getting at was that uh, you look into the not so distant past, and we're going to talk about this after this list, and you see horrifying things, and people accepted it, you know, less than a hundred years ago, mm. horrifying things. And then you see horrifying things happening today, mm. and people still just accept it, and mm-hmm. you don't ask yourself about the abuser who wants the horrifying stuff to happen to you, what kind of horrifying stuff have they done in the past that we're no longer looking at that we've forgotten or swept mm-hmm. under the rug, as mm-hmm, we say? Mm-hmm. So yeah. many ways of looking at that. So the next one is the abuser puts you down and won't acknowledge your accomplishments. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like what I was saying before when I was in school and when I was younger. I had a lot of great talents, mm-hmm. right? But they weren't the talents that they wanted me to build for them. You know, yeah, they, yeah. They, they wanted me to have different talents, like being able to sit at a desk for hours on end and not ask questions. That That's a talent that they wanted me to, mm. to have. And I didn't have that talent, so I didn't do well in school. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, yeah. The abuser finds pleasure in belittling your strengths mm-hmm. to achieve more control over you. I mean, it's the same it's thing. It's the same thing, just it's like, just said yeah. in a different way. But that's, again, when you talk about... Um, relationships with people who are narcissistic or being in a position of power. To me, I think this is a big one. If you're in a position of power, uh, like um, Lightbright was saying, and uh, you you don't want it for whatever reason, um, you don't want to be, I I find for me, I don't want to be corrupted. Mm -hmm. So if I'm in a position of power and I find that the only way to maintain that position of power is to corrupt certain parts within me in order to be able to make myself numb enough mm-hmm. to continue mm-hmm. forward, mm-hmm. then I'd I, then I'd much rather just not do it. I, yep. I, I'd, I'd much rather just, you know, grab a tent and go camping for a couple of months. You know, I don't need to pay rent. I don't yep. need to have all of these amenities, right? I, I can I can camp by a river and uh, and, and do just fine. True, right? yeah, yeah. So, uh, and that's, that's another thing that I kind of freed myself of when I was younger is uh, the amount of times that... Uh, I, I just I couldn't deal with society, so yeah, I did exactly that. I slept on couches and I and I camped under un, under bridges, and I and I had a much better, healthier yep. time because of it. Absolutely. Every every other day, having fires out in the forest with my friends and stuff, you know that that is what kept me uh, going in the sense that that mm. that made it so that when I would show up to school the next day reeking of bonfire smoke. It made it tolerable because I knew that <laughs> that, that after school we were going to go back out and, and go at it yeah, again, you know, I have ourselves, uh, you know, to grill something up and just relax, you know. <laughs> so uh, the abuser keeps things from you as a punishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's 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 uh, that's a big one, right? Uh, just like the driver's license. You've done wrong. We're taking it. Well, yeah. Also, you know, with, with you right now, like you're on a, um, what is that? Oh, right now, so yeah, so I'm taking um, right now the uh, unemployment insurance for a few months while yeah. we're um, uh, yeah. while we're uh, renovating our house, and it's fucking unreal. They keep wanting shit from me, and I'm thinking <laughs> I paid into this insurance mm-hmm. so that I can use it, and and the entire time they're on my case about we want you to do this, we want you to do that, we want yeah, you to yeah. go to this seminar, and it's like. 
And the first thing, actually, that they took money from his first. They punished you know, me because <laughs> of their you. fucking problems. Well, let us say, you know, you were too late telling them, their, which was not true. Their you internet like, system was so was fucked just up, not working, right? <laughs> well, it wasn't working in the sense that their internet system wasn't wasn't working properly, and uh, like their website, uh, the formula, the the questionnaires that you have to fill out and all that shit. But and and then the telephone people weren't available. They gave me the wrong information, and because I didn't sign the right papers at the right time, uh, they punished me. But this is exactly what yeah. you know to take something from you because you didn't play by the rules. Over here in Germany, it's like you're responsible to know the rules even before they change. It's <laughs> Unreal. The last company I worked with was penalized forty grand for something uh, that you couldn't possibly have known. Mm. Impossible. And this is a big reason why I'm really on the fence about the when I when I go back to work fully after having renovated over here. Um, if I'm going to just go as a, as a contractor or if I'm going to go as a business owner, um, because when you own a business here, it's so quick for something to happen where you are penalized. And and it just they take everything away from you without without mm -hmm. without question. It's it's penalized. Pen that... Penalized. Pe it's like a penalty. Penalized. Ah, okay. Has nothing to do with penises. I can see that look in your face. <laughs> You're like, I don't know if 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 he if he said something wrong or funny. I just thought it's a nice way for being saying you know, you've been fucked. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, penalized is also a nice way of being fucked. I I see I, I see the way your logic works. I, I actually uh, do admire that. <laughs> so the. The uh, uh, the abuser has unrealistic expectations. They want you to do things that meet their standards. That's exactly what I was just talking yeah. about. So the list actually kind of makes sense, right? And again, also something that, at least with myself, I can see that, that I'm also abusing myself because of that. I have many unrealistic expectations toward myself. And then I'm beating myself up if I'm not I, meeting I, them. Right? I, I used to have that. My yeah. I, The guy I used to work with, he said... I've never met somebody who's so angry with themselves for yeah. not having done the things they wish they have already or for not having started yeah. the things they wish they had already done. Absolutely. It's like it's it's uh it's unreal. Yeah. And it also has something to do with, you know, how how you've been raised because they accept you they you've been so many times in situations where you couldn't deliver, where you couldn't give them what they wanted yeah. and then eventually you you blame yourself for that like, oh shit, I should have been you know, I should have done better, why why can't I do better? And it has nothing yeah. to do with you. It's just like a sick thing that they put into the into your head i had that i have that too and i still have yeah. that sometimes but i had it big times during my phd i think it's important to to know these things because as yeah. we talked about in the Absolutely. beginning it's not about focusing on the abuse it's about disempowering it in the sense yeah. that it this is all bullshit when you really th hear this stuff objectively it's like whoa. and you can't get abused by someone if you're not allowing it, you That's know, right. if you know that this is bullshit, what they're doing, you just laugh well, at them. They just like can, say, like they can try the? now, and 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 you're right in the sense that it takes two to play. But um, yeah, shit can always happen. Mm -hmm. But from my experience, if you don't allow it and you don't get involved, yeah, it doesn't happen. Yeah, and yeah. it doesn't happen nearly as often if it yeah. does happen, True. right? It's always in small pieces, and you know how to deal with it True. because you get the vocabulary, you understand the jargon and the ways around it. You know? <clears throat> Knowledge is, uh, you know, how you say that. Oh yeah. Uh, Business macht sagt man auf Deutsch. Knowledge is power. Exactly. Knowledge is power. Exactly. Um, the abuser refuses to accept your perceptions or opinions. That kind of that was already that was the same. That was already in the yeah, beginning yeah. earlier mm -hmm. in a different form. So I'm just gonna uh, the the abuser likes to argue or create conflict. Holy fuck, I like that one. Now this is the same thing. How yeah. do how do our our governments that are supposed to be civil service? 
how how do they really operate? They're mm-hmm. constantly focused on problems. And if mm-hmm. there isn't a problem, they create, they create a fucking one, yeah. problem. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. just like every NGO, it's like, oh, we want to create a, a foundation. Well, what's it going to be about? I don't know. What problem is there out there that we can <laughs> tackle? You know, it's 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 this whole idea that everything needs a solution. And it's... And again, also on not agreeing that there are other opinions, on not being okay with like, how do you see it? I see it that way. Just leave it like that. We don't mm. need to fight over it. End of story. End of story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the abuser acts... As if they are better than you. They act yep. entitled or superior while being yep. condescending. As if they have uh as if they are right all the time. Yeah. Same shit, different pile, True. but it's it's like I said, the superiority and the condescending nature. I even saw that happen to good people. This is kind of what I was talking about before, that when good people get put into position of power, mm. as they say, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And mm. it, it, it's it's that idea of I think that. It's known that it's a burden to be in a position of power. And the mm. people who want to be there, they want to be there because they want to dominate. Mm. Or they don't have the ability to be dom- to, to accept that uh, they want to do what other people want. Mm. right? Mm. And so I've seen this a lot where people who are group leaders are really bad team players or really bad group uh, members. Yes. I see. Yeah. And and yeah. and so they the only way they know they can survive is if they fool enough people to be below them. Mm. And this is where you get the little man syndrome and those complexes. And again, this is not ruling by trust, but it's ruling by um, pressure and by fear. Yeah, the entitled yeah. superiority and and being constantly being consent, condescending to other people, making them feel yeah. little and small, so that you feel big and large. Yeah, that's 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 what that yeah, yeah, I absolutely. think is really getting at. Absolutely. And the last one I'm going to say here is the big one because it's going to go into the effects of mm-hmm. being abused. The abuser controls you through isolation. Yeah. And isn't that what we saw over the last couple of years? Mm. That's the big one to take home. Mm-hmm. Is that it's same thing, you know, I've seen this in religion. Uh, we call it shaming, right? Uh, yeah, big time, big time. Or shunning is the other one. Um, yeah. uh, or exile, right? I, Ostracization. I, I had that in my, um, you know, childhood a lot. My my grandma mm. and my mother both had that silent treatment, you know, where they even, even pretend me not being in a room yep. if I did something they didn't like. And that was worse right. than just yelling at me. You know, it's just like you were not existing anymore. You had no, um, re- like, yeah, you were not existing. Yep. And this is the worst thing that you yep. can do. So to And it's funny because there's a, there's a healthy way to do it and there's a not healthy way. And it, like you were talking about with the horses earlier, yeah. you weren't necessarily giving the horse the silent treatment, but what you were do or not doing is you weren't giving the horse fuel for him to act out in a way that uh, was more uncomfortable for everybody. Yeah, I was just, right? you know, kind of going a different do- direction. You, you were doing I, your I just thing. left them alone. Exactly. That's different. It's That's different. different. Yeah, yeah, it's not the same as like sitting at the dinner table and every time you ask a question, they just look the yeah, other way. That's, 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 that's something completely... That's completely... Right? And so when the horse came back to you, you know, imagine like it came back to you for your attention, you just yeah. still like with not giving it, even though yeah. it's saying, you know, I want to, you know, good now, we'll yeah, just be friends. Yeah, and then that absolutely creates like, you just don't know what's going on. When I was a yeah. child, I was, I, I didn't get it. I was like, wow, what I've done, you know? Yeah. And it was just little things. Yeah. So it, it, later on in my childhood, I understood, or in my teenage time, I understood mm. that this is, you know, just the way my 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 parents or my grandma knew it from their, you know, right. childhood. <laughs> it's just how they knew it, and they would have done better if they if they knew. But for me back then, I it just it was just totally confusing me. Yep. And creating big drama. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So um, before I go into the next part, I, I really want to just, you know, <laughs> emphasize that uh, 
this the 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 abuse it does get passed on in many different ways. We yeah, yeah. I, I remember reading um James Redfield's book, The Celestine Prophecies, back yeah. in the nineties. I've read it a few times since, and it really goes into great detail. I think it it, it what he did was a really good job at giving a vocabulary yeah, to true. these conditions that mm -hmm. he calls dramas, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we all have our, our dramas in the sense that um, when we are exchanging energy and energy exchange is any form of communication. Mm -hmm. and, and you've gone through that in many of our past episodes mm -hmm. as to mm -hmm. what is communication mm -hmm. from a scientific point of view and what yeah. it really means, it's specifically from a biologist's point of view. And it really is the exchange of energy uh, that, that's constantly going back and forth. Yeah. And when you are exchanging these energies, we as humans, the way that we are actually communicating, it's not just me taking what's in my mind and wanting you to understand it so that you can communicate back to me mm -hmm. in the same manner. It's deeper than that. There's there what what James talked about is there's a there's a real energy that's being transferred. Like when somebody appreciates you, you 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 receive the good energy mm -hmm. of the appreciation. Yeah. Or when people hate you, you're still receiving their attention. You know, this is the, yeah. the class clown syndrome of the little child. He wants to act out and have everybody look at him. He wants mm -hmm. to be fu you know, funny and have everybody laugh at him, mm -hmm. right? These or they causing trouble that at least they get some attention, right? Acting out, exactly. Yeah. Others acting out. Yeah, okay. exactly, mm -hmm. yeah. exactly. But it's the same thing, you know, uh, little kids, you have siblings and uh, one acts out uh, when a lot of people are around uh, mm -hmm. or just doesn't want to because he wants the attention. And just like you were saying before, sometimes just leave him alone. Let him burn his own energy out because, mm -hmm. it's, it's you know, he, you're not you're not going to allow him to steal it from you. Well, also to kind of, you know, retrain <laughs> that um, this is not working, that this behavior won't get him what he wants, but yeah. more like finding a yeah. way to connect with that child. Back home, um, there was this thing that was going on, it still is, where um, people have nannies, right? Yeah, and yeah. Um, what happens is, you know, when you think of the classic nanny, the classic nanny was more like uh, someone who kept the place clean. But then you had the nanny that helped raise the children, yeah. right? And that nanny was more of a caretaker, yeah. And it wasn't her job to please the children. It was her job to be a mother when the mother wasn't available. Mm. And I've seen this happen too much now where uh, people today, you know, they have their careers. Mm -hmm. And so the men and women both want to work. And so they hire a hired help. But the help that they're hiring, um, specifically back home, is they'd get these like Filipino exchange students. Mm. And so the amount of people I saw in rich areas were their children who are the future leaders of this country, mm -hmm. who are being raised by Filipino, Indonesian, um, who knows what nannies. And these girls, um, what happens is they're, they, they're part of a little program and someone tells them, oh, you can go and live in North America and, and live in a big, rich place. But the truth is they get a little room in the basement mm -hmm. and they're treated like Cinderella. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that so many times. They're mm -hmm. slaves. My, a friend, friend of mine, I've even seen that here in Germany with the Ukrainian women mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. months, like uh, over the years. Yeah. And... So these 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 Cinderella women, they don't want to be there. They're mm -hmm. not there to raise the kids. They were actually told the opposite. They were told that their job is to just clean the house and keep things going. But instead, what happens is, is they get brought into the country and the people who bring them into the country hold on to their passport and oh. say, if you do anything, you're going back yeah, and yeah. you're not coming back. And 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 if you want to make it here in this country, then you gotta be, you gotta be good. And mm -hmm. uh, I've seen that so many times. And so what happens is is that these women start raising the children and have no interest in it, mm -hmm. zero, right? And and their and and their and their eight hour day turns into a sixteen hour day, mm -hmm. right? So the only time they get to themselves is when they're sleeping. Other than that, uh, they're on the clock. 
And this is modern day slavery, and it still goes on. Absolutely, yeah. In in, in for me, it, it's still in 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 high rich areas because with my line of work, the amount of um high upper class houses that I've worked in where I've seen this go on is is I can't even count it, right? Mm. And uh, so, but the problem that I really saw was that when the children acted out because they wanted attention from their parents who weren't there. Absolutely, yeah, they, sure. they, So the nanny's there. What do you think the nanny does? Well, this foreign this foreign exchange student who's young and doesn't give a fuck. Or, I don't yeah, know, here's a, here's in front a, of the TV. Yeah, or... put him place him in front of the TV. Give him an iPad. Give him sugar. The kid's yeah. crying. Here's some more chips. And uh, so this is one of these things. So now you have this huge generation of people, and and you guys think that shit's pretty fucked up right now. You wait till this <laughs> next generation comes up, dear lord. And um and this is what's gonna happen. You're gonna end up with kids who are always just given what they wanted when they screamed a little mm. bit. And if they didn't scream, they they just got more of what they you know it, it's yeah, it's yeah. they were coddled to the point where there was there was no personal development. Well, it's just building up more drama, and then you know yeah. they pass it on to their kids, and, and this just keeps going. And these going. kids are very abusive. Mm. I've seen some of them as when they get older, this entitlement, mm. and you know. Well, yeah, because they have to get that energy now from somewhere, right? Like they, don't, they never yeah. they never established a way where they you know have a trusting, loving relationship to her parents or to someone else. And mm. you know how they how they want to do it in life. Then they yeah. just yeah. grabbing onto other people. So a couple other pieces yeah. that I found from um, other various websites that uh, overviewed abusive relationships from a clinical point of view. Mm. They they said here that you'll know that you're in an abusive relationship if you feel this way. And I want to really emph emphasize that this is not just the abusive romantic relationship or the parent-child mm -hmm, relationship mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. the boyfriend-girlfriend or whatever, you know, like a family member. This is any relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to see in my line of work, my workplace, my between colleagues, uh, between your employer, uh, in your scholastic system. You're getting your, you're, you're, you're doing a master's degree and your, your professor is a narcissist. Like, it, you see these things everywhere and you have yeah, to I ask yourself, how much more bullshit do I have to go through to please people to get something that in the end, I don't even know if I want to begin with, True. right? Mm -hmm. So um, this one here is you feel shame. Yeah. Your confidence and self-esteem are eroded, Yeah. right? And if we look at, uh, specifically, I want to go over again, you know, the last couple of years, the whole uh, reaction, the knee-jerk reaction of all the governments on the planet to dealing with their, with their citizens mm -hmm. uh, because of the corona pandemic, what do you think it did to them? Mm -hmm. Did you feel shame, right? Because people are telling you constantly, you better be ashamed because you're a super spreader if you're within that age group or whatever the case mm -hmm. may be. Mm -hmm. children, yeah, yeah. children being told they're super spreaders. Who the fuck comes up with this stuff, right? It's unreal. Absolutely fucking crazy. Um, your confidence and self-esteem uh, self are eroded. It's like, obviously, right? When you're being told that what you are is not good. Uh, how it, it's a very difficult platform to build self-esteem on top of, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so the only version of self-esteem that you know of is political correctness, doing what what has been asked of you, yeah. but living up to an unrealistic marker, as as the list was saying before. You lose motivation and strength, right? Mm -hmm. I know what the, like I must say, after having quit my job uh, because I wanted to go back to become you know to be self-employed and 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 um, work around the house. The last two months for me, you know, you guys have probably noticed we weren't live every every weekend. Uh, a big part of it was just I don't have I, I just I just had no energy to do it. Yeah. And and Madeline is 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 uh, um, finishing up a couple big projects at work and so on and so forth. And we were just both 
just didn't have the energy for it. And that was a, and so just so you guys know, if you wondered why we weren't here every weekend, last year we were doing two shows a week mm. consistently for like months. Yep. And and we're having difficulty right now doing one show every every weekend. So this is uh this is kind of the reason why is just like we're starting to realize that there's a lot of abuse around us. We want to rid ourselves of it. Yeah, and, yeah. and so this is kind of our step towards that, actually publishing it this way and bring it into a conversation so that hopefully you guys can think about this. And uh, and, and and if you want to chat with us, call in, check out our Telegram group. I'll through, <laughs> go through that later because I think that this human connection is so important as well. Um, yeah. There are a couple of really great success stories that I've heard about recently of people forming um, independent communities outside of the government mm -hmm. within society. And it's fantastic. And I'm not talking about communes or, mm. or, or shared shit. Like I'm talking about hundreds of, of people who live, let's say, within, you know, um, 80 different households, right? Mm -hmm. And they come together because they know that when shit goes wrong, that they can take care of each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they yeah. all have they all have uh, ham radios or walkie-talkies so that they can con uh, communicate with one another. Um, they buy food together in bulk. Mm -hmm. They make sure they teach each other proper trades, mm -hmm. how to prepare, mm -hmm. uh, how to do first aid, um, how to, uh, you know, find food in the forest when there isn't any. Uh, these kind of things, you know, so that when, when um, society crumbles. Yeah. Which it has many, many times, you know, Madeline and my my grandparents, well, every, a lot of people, our grandparents is have horror stories of what happened to them when society crumbled when they were alive. Right? Yeah, yeah. The stories of her grandmother and my grandmother, uh, great grandmother, it's unreal that this is only, this is not even a hundred years ago. No. And the stories are, are like so horrific that you couldn't put it in any movie that would even uh, be able to be considered rated R in today's mm -hmm. society. So uh, you feel isolated. It goes, uh, again, the abuser controls uh, you through isolation, right? You feel like you have no control over your life. Mm -hmm. That's the other one is that constant, um, you know, poking someone when they're down, right? Mm -hmm. you, you have no control over your abuse. Mm -hmm. Just give up. Mm -hmm. Once you've given up, you can accept, you know, it's like that idea of like, just accept, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you're told no one else understands you. Ah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I got that a lot when I was younger. It's like, uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't know why you do these things. Nobody gets it. You know, like that, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, you're angry when you're not standing up for yourself. That's a big one, because I think that um, hmm. if you feel ashamed and angry with yourself because you didn't stand up for yourself in a situation that happened to you earlier on in the day, mm. that's a typical sign of abuse, is that um, you you still haven't taught yourself the vocabulary to be able to defend yourself from the abuse. But if you are constantly shaming and angry with yourself mm -hmm. because of interactions you have that you wish went other like we're different. You're like, yeah, I yeah. should have said this. Next time I'm gonna tell him that and it never happens the next time. <laughs> you know. But uh, it's also that negative self talk, you know, not not really considering why you are like that, what you've you've gone through. And, sure. You know, rather than shaming yourself, just giving giving that inner child enough love and, and you know, really just 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 understanding. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so the next thing I wanna jump into is um you just mentioned a few minutes ago about uh, our grandparents went through some horrific shit uh, over here in Europe. Mm -hmm. And um, that wasn't that long ago. 
All right, it really wasn't. And it's only a couple generations ago. And to believe that that won't happen to us, it's, it, it, all the problems that are that horrific are somewhere else. Yeah. You know, uh, friends, uh, again, a friend of mine um, from South Africa is telling me every person he knows now has a story of somebody having been brutally raped or murdered, mm. you know, uh, immediately in their family. It's not like you heard of a guy down the street this happened to. It's everybody has a story in South Africa now uh, of this happening to uh, someone close to them, mm -hmm. right? And uh, and and, it, and it's crazy that this is now accepted and it's normal, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and that it's okay and we just move on with it, right? Mm. Um in the not-so-distant past, we had things that were called uh, lobotomies. Now, we don't talk about this stuff much anymore mm -hmm. because t in today's jargon, we would assume it to be associated with the failures of the medical system. And I think that the <laughs> medical system is trying to push its image onto people as something almost omnipotent, right? Yeah, as yeah, something yeah. all-knowing and uh, yeah. uh, like an entity of itself, the egregor that I keep mentioning, right? And... Um, I found this story of uh, the 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 origin, the rise and fall uh, of a miracle cure. It was called right. Mm -hmm. um, there was this guy. His name was uh, Doctor Walt Walter Freeman, and uh, he was based out of Washington D.C. Mm -hmm. And he heard a, um, a, a a a lecture by I think a. Czechoslovakian guy or some 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 European person. And um what he had mentioned was let's see if I can find it real quick. I had the the notes for that, but I guess I didn't uh, mark it properly. Mm. I'll shorthand it. The he, the the guy that um had originally actually won the Nobel Prize for chemically lobotomizing people, which is amazing. When you think of the Nobel Prize, you think of achievements, of gr like great achievements, like Mary Curie and- Yeah, uh, but maybe uh, you can explain first what that means, because I didn't know what so, lobotomy means. So lobotomy <laughs> is, is that the theory that this guy got the Nobel Prize for, I, wanna, I need to find his name, that's why. So maybe when next time you're talking, I'll, I'll dive into it. <laughs> next I know, time I'm I, talking. Yeah, well, it's, uh, we share the tasks here. All and right. so- um, the guy who had won the Nobel Peace Prize for the Peace Prize, the Nobel Prize for um, chemically lobotomizing people, he had this theory that all issues that we have was a physical um, issue with the brain, like when we're talking about um, um, post-traumatic stress or mm -hmm. depression mm -hmm. or you know traumas and like I mean not traumas but uh, mental illnesses and so on and so forth. Uh, schizophrenia was a big one, all that kind of stuff. And so he, what they did was, is I'm going to sh share my screen with you guys in a second. Actually, I can do that now. And I'll show you a couple of the, these these are the images of some of the tools and all that stuff. It's, it's unreal. That um, was used. Here it is. So this is one of the original ones. It was essentially a pick with a little hammer on the back made of stainless steel. And the way it worked is they inserted it. Oh, yeah. they, they, op they, they, they opened the top of your eyelid and went above your eyeball into the soft tissue. 
and poked it into your brain, just hammered it through, wiggled it around a bit to, uh, the, the idea was to um, disable the prefrontal cortex. And the idea was, is that animals don't have these issues. So the issue must be in the prefrontal cortex mm -hmm. because animals don't have them the way that we do. Mm -hmm. Ours are very developed. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there's something wrong with it in there. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and that's what they did is they just oh mangled God. the brain up a little bit and pulled it out. And that was the end of it. And then people would have to wear glasses for a couple of weeks because they had black eyes. Now, some people after being lobotomized didn't, didn't, uh, you didn't really like show big differences in personality. Some people worked, they said that on average, I think I read, uh, about 3% of the people were functioning and okay. Right. Um, and then, uh, I think 15% death rate in lobotomy was mm -hmm. just constant, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have to remember 40,000 people were lobotomized in the US alone, about 10,000 in the Scandinavian and Northern European areas. And uh, from what I understand, one of the first governments that actually um, stopped lobotomy because it was de 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 deemed to be so cruel and unnecessary yeah. was the Soviet Union. <laughs> of all the fucking places in the past that we associate brutality with, is the Soviet Union saying, no, lobotomies, that's too much for us. <laughs> no way, right? So uh, this, this whole thing, like the more I got into this, um, the more I realized at the time, this was modern science. Mm -hmm. This was like, yeah, sure. You know, that all sounds like a great idea. You know, um, when they were dealing with uh, mentally ill people before the lobotomy, they're like, well, what are you going to do with them? Yeah, we just chain them up in the basement. You know, they, they, they're crazy. We can't do anything about that. And then came in the lobotomy and all of a sudden there was this solution for the crazy people. And so the <laughs> guy like who originally... a pickle into your eye. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so the guy who like, got the so Nobel Prize for it, he, uh, what he did is he... Um, inserted alcohol like i don't know what kind of alcohol that's i actually tried to find it so i'd like to actually try and find the original studies that show <laughs> was it like a whiskey was it a rubbing alcohol was mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. what was it ethanol what was it what kind of alcohol was it uh and the, the theory was is the so alcohol can pass through the blood-brain barrier because it's a type of carbohydrate it's a sugar that um can pass through the blood-brain barrier this is why we get nice and drunk mm -hmm. um one of the reasons and um alcohol in its raw form you know before it's been gone through the blood and 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 uh, broken down and the sugars get into the brain alcohol in its raw form directly injected into the brain just burns and and cauterizes the brain cells mm -hmm, right they, mm -hmm. they they just die right mm -hmm. and so the idea was was to actually an alcohol injection into the prefrontal cortex in order to uh take away people's concerns for having the problems they were having. <laughs> that was the problem. It wasn't the fact they had problems. It's the fact that they had concerns. Holy shit. <laughs> and if you look, if you guys read um, Aldous Huxley's Brave New World, how did they create the different the classes of societies? By introducing certain amounts of alcohol into the, um, what did they call them? The birthing sacks, because people ah, yeah. were grown in, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in uh, artificial embryos and artificial yeah, yeah. uteruses. And uh, that was the issue with the the the, the main protagonist of the uh, of the story was mm -hmm. that he was supposed to be an alpha mm -hmm. plus or an alpha, and a little bit of alcohol from one of the uh, epsilon miners or whatnot got into his sack, and it uh, <laughs> prevented him from uh, growing to be a big alpha male, right? But he still was classified an alpha male because he was born with that group, yeah, yeah. right? So anyway, oh my god, yeah, man. Uh, I can't believe I remembered all that. So um, <laughs> I know, eh? Uh, so the more I go through this, the more I think to myself, and you know, you know this as a, as a scientist, um, 
certain things used to be really accepted in science. Like yeah, yeah. the way that you torture animals to get uh, information that you want. Still is, right? Still. Oh. And, and maybe there will come a day. At the, you know what? It's not maybe. There will come a day where people will look back on our generation and say, mm. barbarians. Yeah. yeah, Barbaric sure. what these I'm people sure. were doing. Sure. Chemicals and pesticides and tilling and yeah, yeah, uh, genetic manipulation and all that all that crazy stuff mm. you know just complete disregard uh, you know um what's the word um limited liability <laughs> nobody's <laughs> responsible for it we're all responsible <laughs> for it you know mm. so uh there we go i think we have uh, another comment on that let's see how that goes mm. uh go here and then there I think lobotomy should be should make a comeback uh, for pedophiles and rapists. It's a funny thing because people are still being lobotomized. Oh, really? Is oh, yeah. Being... So there are different forms of lobotomies. Um, but uh, lobotomies are very rare today. Mm -hmm. But uh, not as rare as you'd think. You know, that there are different... Uh, for example, pedophiles and rapists that go to jail are supposed to take um, certain hormones. Oh, okay. To, uh, you know, bring down the rapiness. The rapiness, yeah. Mm -hmm. But still yeah. also but not looking where it actually comes from, right? Again, uh, every country, every county, every, mm. every every jail probably even has their own way of dealing mm. with okay. it. Um, but um, forced medication is something that's interesting because the reason why the lobotomy actually ceased was because of the chemical, petrochemical industry that came afterwards. Because think of uh, the, the guy who got the Nobel Prize, I think it was 1948, for mm -hmm. the, the chemical lobotomy with the alcohol. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was only um, kind of a matter of chance that a couple decades later that the uh, textile industry they started realizing that in uh, in in factories that mm. the people were all fucked up from uh, from dealing with the chemicals in yeah, the genes yeah, yeah. and and uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. all that, and they and they realized that these people were like zombies essentially, yeah. and they're like, and and so the theory came up that people who were aggressive and people who were depressive and all that stuff mm. had chemical imbalances because you can uh, yeah, take yeah. the chemical, mm -hmm. put it into them, mm -hmm. and it'll change their behavior. Mm -hmm. So therefore. Behavior must be a, a, a recipe of chemical balances. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> the problem with it, there's no, there's no baseline, zero. And uh, when Maddie explained to the listening audience, what is a baseline? Well, it's kind of a reference, you know. It's like how how it should be, like you know. Exactly. How, so how how, what, how is normal? <laughs> what is a, a normal, healthy <laughs> chemical brain? Yeah. Right. Because when you start taking these unbelievable uh, chemicals mm -hmm. that come from horrible places and putting it into the human body saying we're going to fix that imbalance that you have <laughs> you think to yourself none of those were in there like take, give me a healthy specimen that shows me that they have these chemicals in them in balance yeah. right and i just see that you know it's the same with our society they take the kids which are perfectly fine they're absolutely imbalanced because they're just still very you know in, in nature they're still very much connected to their um, soul they they know what you like and what they don't like and mm -hmm. then they put them into school and then bring them out of balance like really bring them into a place where things are totally out of balance and yeah. then they give them shit in order to bring them to another state yeah. where at the beginning you would have just left them alone and see how they would have come out if they would have just explored life and just right. experienced life, you know, and then you're good to go. You don't need to do anything else. I don't think it has to, yeah, things don't need to be that complicated. Let's uh, just yeah, put it that way. Uh, so here I got in front of me, I got the lobotomy history and background. <coughs> so in 1935, Sorry. the Portuguese neurologist, uh, Egas Moniz, I don't know how to pronounce that, um, invented the lobotomy and initially called it the uh, leucotomy or leucotomy. Mm-hmm. 
He was inspired by the early work of a Swiss psychiatrist, it was Gottlieb Burkhardt, who performed some of the earliest psychosurgeries during the, the 1880s. In November of 1935, Monitz performed the procedure for the first time in a Lisbon hospital. Well, so the first person to be lobotomized was in Lisbon. I could have said that. <laughs> right? That's a fucked up place. Um he drilled holes in the pe the person's skull and injected pure alcohol into the frontal uh, lobe to destroy the tissue and nerve. In nineteen, wonder how that turned out to be <laughs> for the patient. Well, uh, there are some statistics here as to exactly how it turned out. Right mm -hmm. uh, in, in nineteen forty nine, he received the Nobel Prize in medicine for inventing the procedure. Okay. This in nineteen so forty nine, not forty eight. What I said earlier, mm. forty nine. This got the Nobel Prize. So it really, to me, knowing that that happened, it kind of puts the whole Nobel system to me for me in question. Yep. Right, that people got behind that and said, I wouldn't want to stand in line with that idea. guy. <laughs> well, yeah. look, um, what it really did is it gave the ability for a lot of powerful people to know how we tick, mm -hmm. for a lot of powerful people in the future to know that, yeah. This is a this is a sensitive spot, like you know, in, in kung mm -hmm. fu and martial arts. Mm -hmm. you, you can if if look if I were to teach someone a little bit of kung fu who has no background, no training or anything, one of the first things I would do is tell them eyes, mm -hmm. you know, throat, the mm -hmm. soft spot under the arms. You know, mm -hmm. these these are areas that doesn't matter how much muscle you have mm -hmm. and all this stuff. These areas are very sensitive. You know, I, I promise you, if a if a guy is really strong and 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 big and beefy and he, and he weighs like two hundred kilos and he's coming down on you, if you flick his eyeball, he's not going to like it. Mm. <laughs> you know, but my point is, is that this information is, is some is somewhat abused in that sense. That I find that the medical industries have found all the soft spots. Yeah, yeah, you know, a good way to put uh, it. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like uh, metaphorically speaking. Yeah, and know how to attack them at will to achieve certain goals. And and that's that's like it, to me it, it was one of the big reasons why I decided not to go into a, a career in in science. Like I was mm -hmm. really interested in chemistry and then when I really started to see the applications and mm -hmm. all that I thought to myself I just wanted to learn about the universe and how it worked. I found it to be absolutely fascinating. Yeah. But it looks to me like any discovery that I may make may inevitably be used indirectly for something like that, exploiting the soft spots yeah. on the humans yeah. in order to achieve some form of abuse. Yeah, that's why I'm also not, you know, an Doing active it anymore. scientist yeah. anymore. It's, it's a shame. It <laughs> it's really a shame is a shame because the, the work is fun, but you can also do it in different ways, you know. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. So. Yeah. Well, let's wrap this up with yeah. uh, a couple other little things. I. Um, <sighs> I was driving around earlier today, um, going to band practice. I have a metal band uh, over in um, Berlin. And um, I saw signs everywhere because I've been telling people about this. And people are like, I've never heard about this. And um, I'm going to share my screen with you guys. Mm -hmm. Maddie, you could do some translation. <laughs> All right. So, so Berlin 2030. Günstig, unabhängig, klimaneutral, Volks, uh, Volksentscheid am 26. März. What does that translate to? Well, it's like Berlin 2030, uh, cheap, independent, climate, climate neutral. neutral. Is, is, is a word that they use over here for um, yeah. Yeah, climate neutral. I mean, you can kind of yeah. do it one to one, but they're really... Volksentscheid, yeah. how would it this like would be like a, 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 a vote, a vo vote, you know, like a group decision? Yeah. So made on, on, on the twenty sixth of, of March, on the twenty sixth of March, there's going to be a group vote um, in the city to 
enact what's officially Agenda 2030. Mm-hmm. The the ability for Berlin, what they're telling us, to become um, energy efficient and completely sustainable by 2030. Mm-hmm. That means they're going to put the boots down so hard to anything that doesn't fit into that program. What is that program? I don't know. I've only seen these stupid signs. Mm-hmm. But the, the next one, you know, uh, Volksentscheid. Same thing, 26th of March, Berlin 2030, Klimaneutral, same shit, different pile. This one's my favorite one. Kinder würden Klima wählen. Kids would vote for climate. <laughs> <laughs> right? Vote for Berlin 2030, Klimaneutral. And yeah, it's like, what does that really mean? I mean, it means again, bullshit. That's you know, what it means. For me, I'm working in that industry. I know what it means, of course. <laughs> and I also know that it is, it is a word that stands for so much where you don't know what is meant by this. You know, what does it mean to be climate neutral? First of all, many people don't know even what climate is as we had in one of our <laughs> yeah. episodes, you know, how, what is air made of? That's yeah. the first thing. I mean, I'm sure if you ask, if you would ask these people. <laughs> I would love that. Actually, that should be on the ballot. It's like, do you vote? Yes or no? Oh, and by the way, what's an air? If yeah. you fail the air thing, then your vote doesn't count. Simple. Yeah, one Simple. thing about what, that. So. How can you have an opinion on climate when yeah. you don't even know that almost 80% of what you're breathing is nitrogen? Most yeah. people have no idea. I mean, you know, I am all for it that we have to change in a way that people start connecting with nature again and, and really be on a, you know, on a deeper level with, with nature and, and stop abusing animals for their issues or whatever, you know, just mm-hmm. like, I'm all for it, but I don't think that the way this is put forward there out there is the right way and i can see that through my work you know working now for ngo for a couple years Mm -hmm. where all these issues are always present you know it's always about how how can we get people out of nature how can we uh, fight the big you know governments that put out the pesticides and all of that and i can see that the way we do it it's not working it's it's or if it's working so very slowly and well, I think it's not it's looking a, at the right part of the puzzle it's, yeah it's right? not looking at the right part of the puzzle and whenever i start talking about maybe you know we could see it from a more shamanic point of view like mm-hmm. you really connect with nature see that everything is connected that everything has a soul and then again also looking at your own shit resolving your own issues and start living a life that you love. Personal responsibility. In, yeah, yeah, personal responsibility. Then you're not interested in abusing. You're not interested in overconsuming. This all will go away and then we don't right. have this problem anymore. Well, um, here, here's a funny thing because this sign here, it says günstig and unabhängig. That's like cheap and uh, um, unabhängig. It's, it's kind of like you could kind of loosely translate that to um, like self-reliant almost you know um the the, the mm-hmm. message that they're giving forth is that that germany and berlin is going to be independently oh, okay. uh, um, yeah, yeah. responsible but the problem is it's not the people who have the ability to be sovereign or independent mm-hmm. and responsible for themselves it's the city that has the responsibility mm-hmm. over them by telling mm-hmm. them what to do mm-hmm. so it's funny because you'd read this sign and it's like i want to be independent because that's what unabhängig kind yeah. of it translates to independence right yeah i want to live in a cheap city <laughs> yeah I, I want things to be cheap i want to be independent but that's not what this is yeah the government is going to be cheap and the government <laughs> is going to be independent yeah who's gonna the last thing you want is an independent government 
that has no ability to do what the people are mm-hmm. expecting. Of it's it, true, yeah. Right, it's the true. government is 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 supposed to fear the people who yeah, are yeah, independent, yeah. not the other way around. But also, with the cli- uh, climate neutral, you know, of course, the, the the people in the city or just in general people. I know that because I know that we we get a lot of donations from people, and they all want to help. They yeah. want to, they want not be part of the problem, but they want to be part of the solution. But what they don't know is the way it's put forward. It's not the real solution. It's just an illusion of something else. Like there's something else behind it. It's it's people focusing on what they believe to be abuse and regurgitating back towards it. And that, this is why I put this in this episode today, because a lot of people are angry. They're yeah. angry that their food is fucked. They're angry that the rightfully medications so. are fucked and rightfully so. Yeah. And yet, unfortunately, the only solution that people have been I guess, trained Mm. to accept as a proper solution is to throw money at it and get lawyers and do things through the legality system. Mm. But that's the part that's fucked up the most. You know, it's it it's not possible to fix yeah, the machine with these broken tools. And maybe also talking off like from going back to that horse uh, picture of the right. herd stuff, just following the wrong leader. The, yeah. the leader that will not lead you into an independent, happy horse life. But will bring you into slavery. Will lead you to somewhere where you are, you know, put into slavery, yeah. and yeah. you're just following willingly. Yeah, and this is the thing: is I see that the, so Berlin right now is littered with these signs everywhere, saying mm. "Yeah," and children want this, and you want to do this, and it's not. It's not like it's saying like. It's not asking you. Do you think we should do this? There's yeah, a voting yeah, yeah. day. It's, it's, it's uh, it, imperative. <laughs> exactly, and and this is one of these horrible things because if it was legal, they wouldn't require a vote. That's that's the scary thing is what mm-hmm. is it that they need to change that is right now not legal for them to make this a reality? That's what people should really be focusing on because people are going to are going to check it. But then they're going to realize very quickly that there are a lot of other things in their lives that they now no longer have any power over mm-hmm. because of it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Who knows what those implications are? Who knows what they are? I, I've only been seeing these stupid signs everywhere, right? So there we go. That's uh, that's that's what it's like to right now drive through Berlin is to see these uh, monstrosities everywhere. Hmm. There you go. You haven't seen them yet. They're mostly uh, I say in that, the I center guess, of the city. I haven't seen them yet. Yeah, if you drive uh, on like Tempelhofer, it's the entire way. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. well I'll see them next week. I have to. I have an appointment in Berlin. Well, you can't miss them. Look at the size of them. <laughs> Absolutely. <yeah. laughs> and again, you know who's paying for this? Crazy. There we go. Yeah. So we went from abuse to uh, spirituality <laughs> yeah. to lobotomies. <laughs> <laughs> well, full circle. Right. Back. Yeah. To uh, to um, 2030 in the sense that like I, the reason why I brought that up the most, I think it's a very compelling thing when you really look around you and you ask yourself, is this an abuse? Mm-hmm. Ask yourself almost that like with a knee-jerk reaction in the beginning. It's it's a negative thing to do in the beginning, but I think it's healthy if you've never really done this before. Mm-hmm. In every situation that you're looking at, is this a form of abuse? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it's a good question. Like, you know, I think I'm a very trusting person, also a very naive person that for a long time I didn't know what abuse actually means because I grew up in that system. You know, for me, that was normal. I always thought yeah. like they, this is all, you know, they do it in a good intention. They No one will want to hurt me. And basically it is so. No one, I think people who 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 do these things or abuse is not because they, you know, do it on purpose or maybe they just don't know any better. That's how they learned it. This is just the way they mm. they operate. If they would, you know, I think if they would would know how to do it better, they would do it better. So yeah. 
but but realizing that these things are out there that people are like that and then you can ask yourself well where do i want to place myself yeah. and i'm sure and you know I'm not, I'm not taking myself out of this equation i'm sure that in situations i'm also sometimes abusive because i don't know it any better mm -hmm. this is an old pattern that comes up and then it's important that you have people around that that you know will tell you that, that mirror that, that yeah, back mirror to you that yeah back to you yeah. so you can resolve this but at the same time, not beating yourself up because of you know you 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 did that. Yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. Um, for those of you out there watching the video right now, this picture is uh, Mr. Freeman performing a real lobotomy. Oh, this is crazy. Accent. Yeah, and all the people around him, like, oh, that's how it's done. And no one is questioning. Is like, they're like, oh, you sure I'll, this doesn't yeah, hurt? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll bring this back to my practice, and uh, we'll do this yeah. as well. Crazy. Right. So I it want reminds to... me a little bit of you know burning the burning the women back in the mid medieval ages I... for for dumb reasons. Yeah. You know, just in general, like no one was questioning that, but there yeah. was a different belief system. But at the same time, now we think back as like, yeah. how could they? Right. Yeah. Uh, so I brought you there. Uh, there's a place in Iceland uh, called uh, Thingfiklia, and it's uh, um, it's an interesting place. It's a very high energy. I've been there a couple times, and. Um, it's the only place on the planet where the tectonic plates mm -hmm. meet above ground mm -hmm. and you can see them ripping each other apart. So many of you guys, if you don't know, Iceland is a little island in the North Atlantic mm. and um, it, uh, it uh, 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 the left half of it, maybe about uh, one, the west half of it, maybe about one third of it is on the American continent and two thirds of it is on the European continent on the east side of it. And you can visit this place where you can see the continental mm -hmm. uh, like plates crica. ripping apart. And right there, um, they used to call it the thing, you know, uh, back in the back in the day when it was done at uh, in, in Sweden. What was it called? Uh, Uppsala, right? Like near there. Yeah. That's where they used to have the old thing. And uh, the thing is uh, where the um, all the chieftains, they, mm -hmm. they come together in council and they meet up once every year or every other year or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be to talk about what's going on in the, mm -hmm. in, the, in, the, in, the, in the Scandinavian kingdom at the time. And in Iceland, um, they decided to move it to this place because the people there realized the high energy of the mm -hmm. place, which is awesome because the people back then didn't really know that it was the continental plates mm, that were creating this energy. They just yeah. felt it. Yeah, yeah. But at the bottom of, of where the, the continental plates kind of like uh, like there's this waterfall that happens and you go to the bottom of this waterfall and there's this pool and right across from the pool is like a, I guess an old like a church or monastery of some sort. And um, this is the pool where they drowned all the women in uh, Iceland mm. um, for holding on to the old ways mm. or being considered witches or heathens or mm -hmm. whatever the case may mm -hmm. be. Um, and when you go there today, the sign is still there and it's got some numbers on there about how many people were estimated to have been yeah. drowned and killed by the, um, the, the, the ruling class of the time, which yeah. was completely normal, right? They would have never assumed back then that, uh, you know, a thousand years later, we'd be looking back at it and say, monstrous. Yeah, yeah. Know? It's just yeah. what was, right? Crazy. So right. the last thing I wanted to just do before we clear okay. up for today is, you know, let's talk again about uh, real quickly the solution. Because today we're talking <laughs> about a lot of problems. And I think that we kind of have to be a bit light about this and say, yeah, this is this 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 form of abuse. Hmm. You know, um, it, it's 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 not something that we as individuals want. Yeah. Not uh, not when we know that it's uh, that, that, that the implications mean that uh, hmm. something is preventing us from becoming what we could be, what we want to be, perhaps. Well, and 
we you mentioned it before is the idea of reconnecting to reality to nature we say this now almost every episode mm. because as we reconnect we reevaluate what is what is good for us yeah. we re, we reevaluate what has meaning yeah. and 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 by by learning that a lot of the problems actually just dissolve a lot of the problems that that create bullshit like this dissolve mm. when you address the problems of abuse when you address the issue of not yeah. being connected to reality property anymore these these are, are are i think fundamental triggers that create a lot of the issues i think that no responsible person would ever want to plow 80% of a country's land like they have in, in Germany and have monocultures mm -hmm. everywhere where everything is being eradicated on a on a bacterial yeah. level in yep. order to produce corn and wheat. It's unreal. It's unreal. This is true. not something that anybody in that in their right mind would want to do if they had a healthy connection to reality. Well, as you said, you know, I think this is the solution. Creating that healthy connection to reality to again yeah. to yourself is yeah. the first step, you know. Really start start giving the love to yourself that you might mm. never receive when you were a child or also what what was that free bright light no <laughs> bright light earlier bright yeah bright light earlier said now from now on she only does things that she loves and i think this is the the most important thing that we can give to ourselves create the life a life that we really like the the life that we want to live yeah really you know, not looking at all these things that people want from us, all the ideas that we have in our mind that we should become or should be, you know, you mm. should have a career, you should have a house, you should do the do this, you should do have this. But start asking yourself, how would I live my life for myself? You know, when I'm 80 or 90 and I'm looking back to my mm. life, how would I said like, yeah, this is exactly how I would love it. Yeah. And if you don't, if you don't have an idea, it's also not so, that's <laughs> not a problem yeah. either. But just, Put yourself into that mindset where you open yourself up for the possibility. I think the cat just, you know. No, she's playing with the boxes. I'll yeah, grab her in a right, minute. All right, so sounds like she's bowing this. <laughs> all right, I'll go ahead. Um, where you just put yourself into a position opening up to the universe and, and really open you up to the possibility that everything is possible and that you can live the life that, that is just made for you, you know, just... Yep. Finding out what kind of animal you are is <laughs> also something in my book that I write. You know, if I look into nature, everything is different. Um, plants, the way they look, the way they uh, their ecology is, animals. And find out for yourself what kind of an animal, what kind of a plant are you. And so you can... Oh, she was squeaking. <laughs> um yeah, just just figure out what is it that you want to do? What is that you love? And if you don't know because you're so far away from yourself, you know, through all the the things that people told you have to do, just try things out and see how it, how it feels for you. You know, start drawing, start making music and just see if you enjoy it. Um just just for the sake of it. Yeah. And then I think this is the best thing you can do, really establishing that connection to you again and also realizing that you're more than your body that you have a soul that there is more than you just you know you, just that body that you can connect to everything through this you know through us through a spiritual level just just go deeper on that thing i, I yeah very nice words <laughs> we're, we're gonna end on the wise words of yeah. madeline today yeah i can very feel well my said. energy is living going along. Well, we got dinner already cooked we're yeah, gonna go so and eat now I'm, I'm getting a for all of you guys now. out there <laughs> <laughs> this has been another great episode of Smart Home Stupid People. Yeah. And uh, we're live on Rockfin 
Telegram, we have our own uh, Telegram group called Smart Home Stupid People. Check it out. It's also associated to the Smart Home Stupid chat if you'd like to talk mm-hmm. to us. Between shows and during shows, we monitor the chat. I've been doing a very good job of monitoring it today, but I don't think there's much going on there today. No, nah, it's nice and quiet. Um, <laughs> that being said, we are also on Twitch and DLive mm-hmm. live every time we go. Yep. And um, in audio form only on Podbean. Rockfin is kind of our home, so all of our archives are there. With the subscription to the Rockfin platform, you get access to all of our shows mm-hmm. and to everybody else on plat- on uh, the platform. So it's a, it's oh. a nice place to be. Mm-hmm. And and I must say, you know, um, when you start to really see how bad YouTube and all the other platforms are starting to become, Rockfin is um, I'm digging it more and more and more. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a, it's a it's a good place to be. I find right now, I'm liking it. <laughs> Podbean uh, also in audio form, we are aggregated to every audio uh, podcast platform out there so if you want to hear us an audio version when you're on the train when you're on the bus when you're driving or whatnot i do it all the time and it's my favorite way to listen to podcasts is to just put it on i have an hour drive in front mm. of me and let it rip right? i like when i'm cleaning the house and listening to podcasting <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely no it's just a, it's, a, it's a nice it's a nice way to become inspired yeah. and and yeah. to just uh, specifically when you know you have a repetitive task in front of you and so on and so yeah. forth so uh, that's that for that. My name is Aris Filmet. I'm Madeline Tegan. Have yourselves a lovely <laughs> weekend and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening.